Live from the Reds here, special guest, Roberto Torres, as I know him. What's up, Bet? How you doing, man? What's up, Ralph? Yeah, Do- Honored to be here. Yeah, I was going to start him with the Quan John Nim, KDIO, Kyung Nae. <laughs> <laughs> Master Wilson stuff. Huh? That's right. Rest in peace, Master Wilson. Grandmaster James A. Wilson. Kicho Punce over, sir. Yeah. Yay, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do, uh, Do you remember that stuff when you hear it? Do you like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to forget, you know. He embraced it in our, in our brains, you know. For those of you out there listening, you have no idea what we're talking about right now. That's some, uh, <laughs> I think it's Korean. That's what he told us. Yeah, <laughs> it might have been something else. Sometimes when I'm speaking Korean and I lose my way, I'll just start going into that. <laughs> <laughs> start counting the numbers in Korean. <laughs> yeah. We took Taekwondo for a few years back in the day, back when we were in high school. And our uh, teacher, he's passed on now, but pretty intense dude, uh, Grandmaster James A. Uh, Wilson, who was what, a lawyer, a doctor, and oh, I don't know. He was uh, everything, you know. <laughs> but he would always do his, uh, he would always say those words and stuff. And then he'd always, like, when he kicked and stuff, be like, Bache! Bache! I love talking to people, like, from La Posta or, like, um, down in Hamul, like some of the different areas that had him as an instructor, Saquon. Because they, like, totally remember that. <laughs> you could just say that, Bache! And they'd be like, oh! They, <laughs> Master, Wilson. Master Wilson, you're trained. It's like, yeah, that's why I'm still alive. Hey. Yeah. Now, that guy was hardcore, man. He used to sit there well on us in class, man. Yeah. All the sparring, doing push-ups on knuckles. To this day, I still do uh, push-ups on the knuckles. Yeah. I don't know if it, he said it was good for you, so that's what I do. Yeah, I remember being in class one day, and, you know, we want to sit there and do an example demonstration and have you stand there, and, you know, you got to kind of stance and, you know, blow out of the wind when he hits you, whatever, man. He did a round kick, boom, like, hit me right on the spot. <laughs> Drop me, man, like. Knocked the wind out of me, like, hey, yo, it's just like, dude, you just freaking roundhouse kicked me, brought me, like, I'm all right, I'm all right. I, I liked when there was the follies. Like, I remember, um, oh man, uh, Sonny was in there one time. I don't know if you remember that. He came in and he was like real good shape at the time. And he was like, go ahead, punch me in the chest. And I remember thinking, like, oh, dude, he doesn't want him. This guy, he chose the wrong guy. <laughs> you don't want him to, but he was like going to catch the, the punch, you know, because right. he'd done that with us a lot. And then he, like, Man, he like he didn't punch him 100%, but you could tell me like he really hit him, yeah. and he didn't catch it. And man, he hit Grandmaster James Wilson right in the chest. It's like boom, and he was just like, Ugh. and he was like he was like really uh, playing it off, but you know he got <laughs> rocked, dude. I was like, oh no. Next thing you know, we're all doing push-ups. I was like, why, why'd you have to hit that guy? But, uh, you know, what's the trip? Uh, my last semester at uh, at the Mesa College, you know, because I'm still going for my associates. I did a uh, elective, you know, because you know I got to take care of all my elective classes to get my associates because. I did like all my master or all my class for my degree and you know I took uh, martial arts and I just crashed the course and you know the instructor you know uh, Heidi Wilson you know I, I didn't know who she was and uh, she's like hey you got any experience I'm like yeah you know I did a little bit of taekwondo you know back on the res and you know you know in my teenage years she's like oh really like who was your who was your master and I told her I'm like that's girl she's like master grand Wilson I'm like yeah she's like oh that's my husband I was like oh wow. oh no way yeah, so the trip to is she also like, part of the Southwestern Association of Martial yeah. Arts Swama yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this stuff's all like she's, computerized yeah, in my brain she's all dude blacked out for and, real you know, the story that she told or exactly you know who that's he was crazy. And it was like hey like he was a he wasn't like easy on her either. He's all yeah. like, man, he, you know, she's telling stories about him. I'm like, man, he kicked your ass too. Like, wow. <laughs> no, but that's cool though. It was like yeah. honor to sit there and be in the presence of like Master Wilson, you know, and that's being cool. coached by his wife. So that's cool. You did uh, martial arts for a little while. Did that? Did you ever um, fall back? And I know you couldn't do no single finger eye attack, but <laughs> <laughs> did you ever? Did any of that training help you in any of that? Um, I think so. You know, for a while, you know, 
you I think you remember like when I was doing the MMA and yeah. stuff like that. So that stuff definitely helped with like the kicks and mm-hmm. you know the discipline, you know. So yeah, it definitely did help, you know, the Taekwondo experience. The footwork probably in and out a little bit. The defense. footwork, yeah, the conditioning, you know, you don't yeah. really, you, you know, every martial arts a little bit different. So, you know, you don't sit there and totally wind up your arms mm-hmm. to do a block, you know, it's a little bit different. But, yeah. you know, as far as like the striking and the punches go and, you know, that you definitely take that to the next, you know, martial arts, you know, when you sit there and collaborate it all together. Do you uh, miss, do you ever miss your MMA days? Uh, I, I do, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it's a uh, physical you know, kind of thing, you know, it takes a lot out of you, you know, you got to yeah. commit yourself to it. But, you know, as far as like the conditioning goes like that, I do miss that part about it, you know? Yeah. I, that's one thing I think people, I know, like I was really into UFC and I was into MMA and all that. And then uh, I never wanted to go fight or nothing, you know, necessarily, but I was like, I'm gonna go do the training. And like, uh, I had the same experience when I tried doing boxing too. It's like, you, you go in there and you think kind of like, like, I can throw some hands, you know, I've been in some street stuff maybe, or, you know, and then you go in there and you start training and they're like, all right, jump rope for five minutes to warm up. And you get like a minute in a jump rope. And you're like, whoa, dude, what are we doing here? <laughs> and they're like, all right, we do some abs. You know, it's like all this conditioning. And you're like, holy smokes. By the time you even get a chance to really start doing stuff that looks like fighting, you're so wiped out, dude. You're like, wow, right. this is some like, this is some great cardio stuff. But Well, you went down yeah. to that school a few times down there in Oklahoma. Undisputed days back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Did some jujitsu and uh, some of the Muay Thai and Mai Thai. And, uh, yeah, just MMA stuff. I liked it, though. It was, it was good training. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's competitive, you know. Yeah, getting in that cage is a little bit different than, you know, the training. But, you know, that's why you do the training is, you know, so your fights are not so, you know, challenging or so difficult. But, you know, people are training in there just to fight you anyway. So, yeah. you know, it could be easier. It could be challenging. But, you know, you don't know until you get in there. But, yeah, that's one of the things that, you know, I probably – do not don't miss about it like getting in the fights and you know coming yeah. out with a black eye or bruised legs and lipping around like oh man but, and then like the week after walking around with all the shiner and everything and people looking <laughs> at you funny probably was yeah. that was that funky or no nah, i mean you know as far as like you know what you went through and stuff like that and you know most of the people the circles that you run in people know you and you know for the people that was like oh man you know what i got his ass kicked like all right <laughs> whatever you know, people just pass in judgment, but, you know, you don't think nothing about it because, you know, what you're doing, you know, for you to get that black eye or whatever, you know. Was that something you wanted to do when you were younger? Wanted to, did you want to fight when you were young or? You know what? Uh, you always seemed pretty cool like when we were in school. You didn't seem like you, uh, you never were looking for fights. So. No, you know what? It's something I just kind of fell into. You know, I know one of the promoters up there, you know, uh, Campo was uh, putting on the fights and I just kind of watched the fight and I was just kind of like, talk a little bit of smack. I'm just like, hey, man, if you're short and you need somebody to fight, he's like, come on now. I'm just like, man, I'm just trying to get it, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to get the ticket. But, you know, I just kind of talk a little bit of smack. And then the fights came. He's like, hey, man, we're short. Somebody fell out or whatever you want to fight. I'm just like, well, whatever. He's like, hey, we pay. I'm just like, oh, shoot, I can eat some money. Can so, I do too? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I went out there and, you know, did the main event and I got my ass kicked. <laughs> like, hey, you know what? You did good. Why don't you go down to the gym and train, you know? So I was like, oh, man, all right. So that's how it kind of happened, you know? It wasn't yeah. something that was planned or like, hey, I'm going to go train to, you know, fight people, you know? So that's how I kind of fell into it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of silly, but, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many people started their careers that way though, and went out there and just started scrapping. Yeah. I don't know a lot. I remember those fights up there in Campo. They were they were cool, man. It was entertaining as hell. Yeah. But a lot of times you you would tell if someone just was straight off the street because they would look good maybe around and then they would just be wiped out from cardio. Whoa. And then the other guy you could tell train 
And it was always rough, dude. It was like, oh, here it goes. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, growing up, you know, fighting and, you know, getting beat up and all that stuff. Like, I was always, like, a tough kid, you know, growing up. But, like, when you get out there, you know, ah, it's just a fight or whatever. But, yeah, you're absolutely wrong for going in there thinking, like, oh, you know, street fighting and then actually training somebody that actually is training to fight. You know, you're <laughs> it's not going to go well, you know. Because, you know, they know all that stuff to do. Yeah. And if you have no training like that, you know, you're just, like, you know, trying to – you know, get this person off the top of you, you know, but as once you learn jujitsu, you know, that's not really the worst position to be into, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm on my back, it's not, you know, that bad, but, you know, in a street fight, you know, you're on the bottom, you're like, oh, man, it's like the worst place to be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Someone's so. friend's going to kick you. <laughs> yeah, right. You're right. going to get stopped. Right. Yeah, and there, yeah, you got someone on their back, you might be in the worst position that you could imagine to be in. Yeah. The other part of that, too, is I think the adrenaline uh, dump, you know, like on the streets, you know, fight doesn't last that long, so you can do the adrenaline thing and you know go whatever. But in the in the um, you know organized match, you go in there and get all your nerves and you're all excited. Thirty minutes or thirty seconds in, you start to dump out. A minute in, you're wiped out, and they're just warming up. You know, yeah. they're training every. They're having that same fight in the gym like you know weekly, so it's not right. a big deal for them. Yeah, it's a little bit different fighting in the cage. You know, it's the respect thing. You know, you may or may not like each other, but at the end, you know, you sit there. And, you know, majority of times you shake hands, you know, mm-hmm. and just like let the best man win kind of thing. It's a sport, you know, and you go into it like that. Street fight's a little bit different, you know, because you don't know, you know, if you get in a street fight and that's the thing is ment- mentality-wise or mentally, uh, it's not something you prepare for. A street fight just happens, you know. It's not like you, nine out of ten times it just happens. It's not like, you know, you're planning to go over there fight somebody, you know. Maybe back in the day when you were kids, like, you know, a little beef over there. Hey, you know what? Call me this. <laughs> Meet me at the park, you know. It's not like that, you know. So it's a little bit different, you know, cage fight from a street fight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, growing up, man, I remember you used to know all the, um, you know, you used to know all the old school. Uh, I was just thinking of this right now, but all the old, like, CCR songs and all the different kind of all the old res rocks, <laughs> the res hits and stuff like that, and and all those things. And I remember your family over there used to always, um, you know, they make shawi and things like that for our doings here in our community. And it's crazy because like now nobody does that anymore. Yeah. You know, like uh, at our at our funerals and at our um, really like you know weddings, like all of our big events. Uh, you know, you'd go in there and it'd always be the tortillas and the beans and the all the, you know, the food. Always. And then there would always be like a couple trays of shawi. And it's crazy because my wife, in the in the mountains, my wife's family, they've done that. And they, you know, they can continue to make it. And you'll see it. Families up there do it. But in my res here, you know, like, it seemed like your family was one of the last families to, to really keep that going into the 90s and into 2000s. And it's like, now, you know, I don't see it as much, you know. Yeah. And I know you've had family members that have passed on who were holding that tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never learned how to make shui, man? Well, yeah. Well, I never actually made it myself, but my mom, you know, yeah. I, I used to watch her all the time, and she'd take us up to, like, you know, Manzanita and Campo. We'd pick acorns, and, you know, man, it was like a lot. It was a process, you know. I'd sit there, and, you know, she'd go through the acorns and, you know, help her out and, you know, sort them out and pull out the ones that were all bad and then dry them out for a while, and then she'd be there with, like, a rock and just cracking them, you know, and, She'd get them cracked and let them dry out and then peel them off. And then the roast would have to come off. So they'd do some more drying. So it was like, uh, you know, it wasn't something that was done in like a week or nothing at all. Yeah. It took time, you know. And so it was like a lot of work. I'd sit there and see her do that. But when it came down to the grind of the acorns, then <laughs> she's like, you know, I was young. And I remember we had like this little hand grinder and it was outside of our house, uh, house that we grew up in over there on the corner. And, uh, 
you know, she had this grinder and like, hey, get on out here and grind these acorns and pile them in there. And, uh, you know, you're all just trying to muster them. <laughs> you know, my cousin, my brother would be out there, but, you know, they'd only hang out for so long. They're older and just like, hey, I'm out of here, you know, go play, you know, hang out with their friends. And, you know, I'd be over there double timing it. And she like, want them like more finely uh, crushed or grinded yeah. up. So you should put them back in there even the second time, you know, and that'd be even harder because everything's like falling in the grinder and get more compact. I'm like, oh man, that was like really hard. But yeah, man, I, I remember my mom, you know, going through all that and making a show wait for, you know, like you said, you know, she used to do it all the time, you know, yeah. for, you know, wakes and, you know, different stuff like that all the time. Yeah, I was appreciated. I don't know. It's some of, it's one of those things too, where I think you appreciate it later on, especially when it's not there anymore. And you're like, oh man, it's, you know, cause like, um, there was, uh, someone made a pan not too long ago and, uh, there was a lot of people who never had eaten it and I was tripping out on it. Like, man, our own people have never eaten it before. Wow. Some of the younger crowd, you know, yeah. and I heard one person say they never even had seen it before. And I was like, wow, they never even seen should we? But you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like it. You know, like saying kind of negative things about it. Meanwhile, that's our traditional food. You know what right. I mean? That's what our sustained our people for thousands of years. And I personally liked it, you know, it might be being a kid and, you know, you throw some salt on it, throw it in the tortilla roll or whatever. And, and with meat or whatever, I, I thought it was always good. You know, I liked yeah. it as a, and not, not to like try to be Indian either. It was just, I actually right. liked it. You know, I was a chubby kid, so I didn't, you know, <laughs> I wasn't pushing food away, but um, nah, that's really cool to have that process. But um, I hear now people like they use the ninjas. And just, All right. That's well, crazy, huh? Yeah, that probably works. You know? <laughs> Where the hell was that? When I was a kid, like, oh, my God, this. For real. That's probably what they said about the grinders because, you know, they used to do the rock, I guess. And yeah. I don't know. Everybody now wants to make sure they want to do the rock. And everything. that's cool. But it's like just, you know, just get it done, yeah, man. Yeah, make it harder for yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you miss those days, though? You miss, uh, you know, all those old time days like that? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I do, you know, because there comes like a memory of my mom being around, you know, she's not here any longer. She's been, you know, gone for a little while. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you always have like, you know, fond memories of our family, you know, of our mom and, you know, certain pastimes or whatever. So, yeah, I definitely miss some of those times, you know, mm -hmm. you know, the smell of food, you know, my mom always cooked and my mom, you know, would always, always put food on when guests, you know, and. You know, this was like, you know, years before phones were like a big thing, you know, visitors would just pop over, you know, just out of nowhere. There was no phone calls or nothing like that. Yeah. And, you know, I just remember my mom would just like put on food and put on coffee and just like entertain and, you know, keep the, you know, company, you know, fed and stuff like that. So, you know, that's one of the things I do miss, you know, like coming in there and being a kid and, you know, like you just, you don't really know what's going on, but you see it and you yeah. like out there playing and you come in and you smell food going on like oh it's time to eat again like boy it's not for you get on out of here like oh yeah but, yeah miss some of those stuff you know like growing up it's not like that anymore you know no it's not you know i'm, I'm guilty of it too going to my house i might give you a bottle of water <laughs> but I, I remember like being a kid and going to people's houses like that yeah like the more traditional people they have food for you and stuff yeah. and down south like in uh in baja where kumiai nation down there they're like that still a lot of places and i've gone down there and real quick to like they got a pot of beans cooking already. They'll throw some tortillas together, and you're like, "Dang, man, this is cool," you right, know? Right. And it's like supposedly they're, you know, they're like we're wealthy and they're having they're struggling, but it don't seem like it right. when they're eating their beans and tortillas. But uh, it's just a like an old manner that they had, you know, tradition, right. and that's cool. Their, um, your mom was like one of our last really strong speakers of her dialect too in this area. I know right. my mom used to always say, because my mom speaks, and she'd always say, "God, I got to get over there and talk to her and ask her." 
you know, about some of the words and stuff that she would say, you know, who would know that? Or I'd ask my mom, how do you say this? You know, or, you know, or why, you know, just some things about the language, you know, right. I would say, oh, you know, I think it's this, but, you know, I really need to get over there and talk to her and she would, you know, she'll know. And uh, I know when she, when uh, that time came when she passed on, my mom was really bummed. She's like, man, I want to go over and kind of pick her brain, you know, and things right. like that. And, and to me, I was like, my light went on in my head, like, oh man, we need to make sure like we do, we do have those conversations and pick people's brains, especially our elders and, and not just let that generation go without um, like in vain and, you know, not let it go without trying to get the information that is real important for everybody, you know? But um, that's one thing I'm noticing now, which I think is a bummer is that when we were young, there was, there were speakers all over, you know, yeah, it was yeah. kind of, they were talking and you'd kind of, as a kid, wouldn't get it from their business, but you could hear it. And it was right. cool to be part of that. Now, like, I don't ever hardly hear the language anymore. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. 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 I remember, you know, my mom and, you know, it'd be at different stuff, you know, and funerals was something that, you know, it's part of our lives, you know, as far as the native community goes and going to different reservations and hearing my mom talk to the elders and they would sit there and totally speak, you know, or even too, when, you know, I said, you know, like visitors would come, you know, they come from different places and my mom be out there speaking the language and, mm-hmm. you know, when she was like talking about you or like the family, whatever, because your name would be thrown there, but like, oh, I, he said <laughs> something about one of us, like there's my name, but I don't know what you said. And, you know, those things I kind of like, you know, kind of regret, you know, because my mom did speak it like that. I didn't take it in or whatever, you know, and, you know, I, I look back and was like, man, I should have you know, like try to learn the language from her and I didn't, you know, that's one thing that I regret about like not learning from my mom, you know, cause she knew a lot about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She was a real strong elder like that with all that kind of knowledge, man. You dropped the ball. Hey, yeah. no, I know you know stuff. Yeah. We used to, you know, give teachers a hard time talking bad stuff and saying things at school. It seemed like that's something that's gone away a little bit too. Cause I know our generation, a couple of years younger also, like they'd be talking words and, you know, things like that. I don't know, maybe the, young, maybe the younger generation are doing that too, yeah. man. I don't know. I don't hear it as much. Um, later on, you went and be, you got jumped in the uh, Red Hawks, man. Oh, yeah. You missed those days? Yeah, I missed the, I, I miss those days, man. There's some wild times, man. There's some good times, some good memories there. Yeah. And, you know, met some good people along the way. I want to get my brother Beef in here and talk about that whole thing. You know, he's always got those stories, man. Oh, man. Starts whistling around and says, I don't know how he does it, yeah, but your brother's a cool cat, man. He's a, a right man. He's a good time out there. Every yeah. time I see him, he tells me like two stories about firefighting. I'm like, I gotta get him in here to talk about that. I guess talk about the Red Hawks, but you know, just to talk about firefighting. Oh man, he'll go all day long about different stories, you know, with yeah. the, you know, with the Red Hawks and just in the Forest Service itself, you know. Yeah. Hey, so these days you've been doing a lot of uh, you know, and I've known you to like, you know, we've known each other forever, but like I've known you to do like I said, MMA and the firefighting and I've noticed being in some things here and there, but um, right now you're you're all in uh, construction. You're doing, yeah. you're building stuff. You're you're what are you do? What are you doing with that? Uh, I'm doing a renovation remodel homes like hall, uh, residential. So you know anything from plumbing, electrical, framing. So pretty much you know build a house from the ground up, and mm-hmm. that's my ultimate. You know one of my goals or dreams. You know is to build my own house. You know yeah. something to leave like my kids. So, so when my time comes. I could leave them uh, like some kind of foundation and whatever they do with it, it's up to them. But, you know, that's one of my goals to actually be able to build my house, you know, by, you know, with my hands, you know, that's pretty so. cool. There's a, up in San Isabel, um, uh, Vans Res, there's a, uh, there's a two story home up there. It's real cool. Um, my buddy, uh, Mike, his grant, his uh, grandpa made it. Remember I went there when I was like a teenager 
And uh, I was like, this is a really cool house because, you know, there wasn't a lot of two-story houses on the reses back then. Right. It's like one of the few two-story houses I'd been in. And then uh, he was still around. He was like, yeah, you know, um, he goes, yeah, my grandpa, he like made this with his bare hands. And I, just remember, I used to always think like, dang, that would be cool to like say I made my house, like built it all myself, like design, built, whatever. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's cool. That's your dream you know, though, huh? Yeah, that's one of my goals, one of my dreams, you know, just to leave, you know, something that, you know, my family can remember me by, you know, because mm -hmm. we're all going to have a time, you know, so. You know, while I'm here, gotta I want to leave something for them. You know, how how did you get involved in that? Did you just uh, you started off as a gopher, go for this, go uh, for that. You know, uh, you know, way back when when I was fighting fires, you know, I had kids at a young age and things didn't work out the way I wanted them to. So, you know, I had to transition from the job that I was at. There's no way, you know, I could be around and, you know, be a father to my kids and do all that if I've gone off forest all summer long. So oh, I yeah. made the transition and got into construction. And yeah, pretty much had to start at a gopher. I was working at Beckton for a little bit. I even did the labor ready and I was trying to get a job. And, you know, it, it was just like a racket for a while, but, you know, I just stuck with it. And I even, you know, went to landscaping for like a little bit because, you know, I was just kind of getting tired of doing like the bottom. Like I really wanted to pick up a trade. But, you know, since I was under contract with like Labor Ready and Decton, nobody could hire me without breaking the contract. They'd have to pay for me to like jump ship or whatever. So, you know, I, I just, you know, I felt like at that time I was going through a lot in my life and, you know, just to sit there and shovel dirt all day long was like really weighing on me. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I can't sit here and do this all day long because my life and my mind is just like totally preoccupied with what I'm going to do with myself and, you know, sitting here shoveling dirt and doing mindless work is not helping me. You know, I felt like I was in a negative place, you know, I was like, man, I, something's got to give, you know, I'm either going to go back to the forest service or, you know, and like figure it out or, you know, I, you know, I got to do something else. And, you know, along with that came a little bit of trouble, but, you know, I was telling the guy that I was working for, you know, I remember this guy's name, Jack, and he was like the supervisor at a, at a job. And, you know, and I was telling them how I felt and, you know, that I might go back to the forest service, but, you know, it was kind of probably not really an option because of the struggle and the fight that I was trying to, you know, do for my kids. So I told, you know, I got a landscaping opportunity. I'm just like, man, and I went ahead and took it because, you know, I wasn't under contract anymore. And, you know, when I went over there, you know, he kind of told me, they're like, you know what? They're like, I don't see you doing the landscaping thing. It's probably the same thing you're doing here. You're probably not going to like it. And, you know, he left me a message. He's like, hey, I have this buddy, Dennis. You know, he does frame it, whatever. You know, you should give him a call. So I called this guy, Dennis, and he didn't even know me or anything like that, but he put me on, and that's how I kind of got into framing. Wow. And that was, like, one of my first, you know, actual construction jobs, you know. And prior to that, you know, at a high school, I did, like, a little bit of drywall, a little bit of stucco, but, mm -hmm. you know, not a job that I just, like, carried on and, you know, kept on wanting to do, you know. seems like framing would be a good thing to jump into also because it's, like, those are skills you can use no matter what. If you right. go into a different profession around the house and, you know, your lady's like, go put up a bookshelf or go put up a picture, <laughs> right. you can frame, you know, like, it just seems like you got to go out and, you know, you're going to build a garden. Like, you got to do a little framing. Want to build a chick coop, got to do some framing. Right, right. Seems like that's a good skill to have. That's the one thing I suck at. Because <laughs> I'll solve my saws, get all messed up, or I'll cut on the wrong side of the line or, you know, little things like that. I just don't do enough of it. Yeah. It takes practice, you know. Yeah. You know, like no nobody ever just gets up in there and just like, you know, totally building masterpieces, you know. I, I saw uh, when they built my home, I I saw the dude, one of the guys was was working on it, and he was like, 
you know, like you put the board down and you saw like that on the right. table. You know, this is what I'm thinking. This dude was dropping the board on his foot and just zooming right through. Like he had no little safety thing on his saw. All the time. It was just almost like, almost like I did that. I would have no toe. And about a week later, I have no leg because it would just be gone. Like he was just zooming through boards. I was like, how do you even get a, because when I do, it's like the, the yeah. skill saw turns on. It's like, yeah. he was just going like rip, like, yeah. whoop. and I was just like, okay, this is an art. This is more than just a, a labor. This yeah. is like, you get good at this and you just see this these guys. I don't do that. Hey. hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If OSHA is listening, we do not do that. Yeah. Do not do that. Always put the guard down. And... Yeah. <laughs> I got the goggles on. Hey. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, being young and going into that trade, you see that, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I didn't really think about that, you know, when, you know, I first got into the business and this was probably about like 2006 or something like that. And I used to watch, you know, see these older cats that like knew all this stuff. And I'm like, how the hell do you know all this stuff? And they seem pretty young, you know, and then here I am. Now I see younger, you know, cats looking at me like, how the hell do you know all this stuff? <laughs> I'm like, man, it's all those years of experience and being mm-hmm. out there and trial and error, you know, it's a trip. You know, sit there and know all that stuff, you know, just like you said, just drop the board down and burr, cut it and just like make it look all easy. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, you know, but it's kind of it is a good trade to have, you know, sitting there putting that bookshelf up straight. Hey, <laughs> I like mine, but they put some other just rolls off the side. <laughs> like, off the cup, uh, <laughs> well, you know, the worst thing is if you don't do that kind of line of work, you don't always have the tools. So like True. me, I have the tools and then like the kids will take it or I'll misplace it. So I go to do a project. I'm like, damn, where's my level ladder? Where's my, this? so you just start going, you know what? I'm just going to do, I'm going to eyeball it. I'm going to this or that. And everything <laughs> just comes out. Like it looks good, but it's like 80% good. Right. would have been, it would have been a solid 90 if I had the right tools, the right tools. but I don't got the tools. It would have been a hundred if I knew what I was doing, right. <laughs> but it's like, you just do your thing. You know, the one thing about like all of that, um, is like, you know, whether it's framing or whatever, the, um, you know, knowing those skills is like. You know, and, and I think right now with all of this COVID stuff going on, you know, and I think, uh, and maybe it's just on my mind because I have kids right now. My oldest is 18. My uh, second oldest is 16. You know, these guys are starting to become adults and stuff and looking forward, you know, it's like, what, what, what are they going to do with themselves? You know, and it's like coming from a reservation, there's many options kind of, you know, like they right. can stay with grandma, they can stay with me, they can, you know, apply for some kind of tribal housing um, I guess they can just kind of hang around the res. A lot of people do that. You know what I mean? There's resources here. They're not, no, none of them are going to starve. You know what I mean? Right. Like their aunt or uncle will give them some food and take them in, you know, but it's like, that's not a life I want for them. Or I hope they want for themselves. I want them to go out, try to make something of themselves and make good decisions, whatever those decisions are. And it seems like what gets fed to the kids always is like, okay, go to college, go to college right. and then go get a career. And I'm not saying that that's bad, you know, right. cause I did that myself. Um, and I think that you get a lot out of that, but I think it's also can be limited too, because a lot of times you're sending these kids to college and there's student loans right. and there's, and there's no guarantee they're going to finish college. You might go three, four years in and just go, this isn't for me. Right. Um, you know, and then there's no guarantee when you get that degree, you're going to get at the job that you want exactly. or in the career, well, you, that you know, you, you haven't had it all the time. There's so many out of work uh, people mm-hmm. who have degrees and even master's degrees right. and things, or they have their degree and they, they, uh, um, they work in a different field than their degrees in. Yeah, and so, you know, you kind of, to me, like I, I have these conversations with myself and I'm talking to the kids and my wife and, you know, it's just kind of another parents. And it's kind of like, you know, what are we supposed to be telling our kids or advising them when they ask us? And, and so for me, I've been trying to educate myself in things like um, entrepreneurship, ownership, you know, investments, right. Um, you know, things that are not necessarily traditional to our economy on the res, of course, you know, our grandparents didn't have all these things. They were, 
living in in huts they'd made themselves and their parents were like old school indians just living off the land you know right. so we're very new to this new kind of american economy so how do we navigate and create generational wealth like you're talking about build a home you know and it's like I, when i look at people who do construction or a lot of these uh fields fields like you're in it's like i don't i think sometimes they're undervalued by people because okay if i send a kid to college right, right. i send my kid to college it's gonna be i don't know maybe 50 grand to educate that kid I don't think that's a very modest number. I think some people spend that in a year. Right. But let's just say 50 grand to get that guy a four-year degree. Um, and again, that's very modest. It's probably closer to, you know, 75. Yeah, but, yeah. but 50 grand, you know. Um, and he goes and gets a job and he has to pay that back. And, you know, he, over a period of time, he might make himself a million dollars more with that degree, I think is what the studies say. And again, the economy is going to be funky from here on out. So the oh, old numbers probably don't apply. Right. But okay, he makes a million dollars more over a course of, 20 to 30 years, he's gonna make a million dollars more. Same time, if that person, my son, went out and learned, say, construction, he could potentially build his own home. Right. Maybe build two homes on land. And those homes, you know, over the period of 10 to 20 years could um, be worth a million dollars, maybe each. Right. So it's, it's like that degree is worth money. And it took time, it took that sweat, that equity to, you know, to build, to, to get that that knowledge, you know, to get that degree, they don't right. just get sent to you, you got to work for it. But at the same time, all the knowledge of how to build a house, the construction knowledge, you know, you have to work for that. Like you're saying, you got to be that young guy to the old guy and you got to throw those nails and you got to be there to learn. You got to want to do it, but it's not all for nothing. You're not just some construction right. guy. You have the ability to go out and build a home um, that could potentially grow in wealth. And then, like you said, give it to your kids. Right. And now you're giving them a gift that's could potentially be worth a half a million dollars, a million dollars, who knows what, right, as right. property. There's two things in America that I, I learned that that uh, always seem to increase. Um, one is, of course, the stock market. Right. There's times where there's lulls and it goes down and it stagnates. But if you go back 100 years ago, you know, to real today, estate. it goes up. The number two is real estate. Real estate. Boom, real estate always it climbs. It may take time, it may stagnate, it may go right. down a little bit. But if you write it out, real estate always becomes worth more. Right. Those are the two for sure bets in our in our country right in you know the last hundred years so it's like why would you not put that to your children and say hey go buy real estate and put a quality home on there and yeah you can pay someone 300 grand to do it or you could do it yourself for a quarter of the cost you know i mean but you got to have those skills that's true yeah yeah that's so that's that's pretty cool that you're doing that man i think that's that shouldn't be undervalued at all yeah um, there's a, there's a lot to it, you know, and you know, the, the people I work for, they see the value in it and, and, you know, that's why they refer me to, you know, different people and, you know, eventually, you know, try to get to a larger, you know, scale of, you know, customers and stuff like that. But, you know, being in the trade and then, you know, being like, you know, the contractor, you have to know so many, you know, assets of construction, you know, it's not like just, you know, you're swinging a hammer all day long and putting boards together. It's like, so many things to know by codes and by law and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's not, you know, so that's a lot that comes to it by the time, you know, when you finally get to that point, then, you know, you can sit there and teach the younger, you know, guys, you know, that want to sit there and maybe take that, you know, career path and, you know, you show them the way or whatever. So then, you know, you have guys that work for you that know how to build stuff the right way. So there's not like all these legalities that are against you, you know, because you wanted to have facets. So you have to like, kind of do be diligent, you know, about running your business or the things that come with the construction, you know? So, you know, it took like a whole lot of experience to get to that point, you know? Yeah. I mean, 
I think sometimes society or pop culture, whatever, they want to kind of like uh, pretend people work with their hands or dummies or something, or they like weren't intellectual to go to college or something. But that's not true, man. Yeah, to own your own business or to, like you said, deal with those contracts, deal with the uh, all the different legalities of it all, man. That takes a lot of uh, brain power, you know, whether you're in like if you're in. Um, there's a lot of stuff yeah. to know in the business. You yeah. know, if you're doing electrical, you know, you got to know all the codes, you got to know all the standards, and, you know, you got to be able to know how to write stuff up and have a contract so that way you're not getting into a legal dispute with your customer if something goes wrong, you know, that way you're protected. So there's, like, the legal part about it, you know, and then there's the business part about it that has to do with money, you know, and the same thing for plumbing. Plumbing's the same thing, you know. You know, you don't want to sit there and do something, and then all of a sudden something goes wrong, and that's why it's important to be like bonded, insured, you know, you cause a flood or start a fire. That's all legal lawsuits and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So it's important for you to know what you're doing, you know, both legally and, you know, the fundamentals of construction, you know. So it's like a lot of stuff that you actually have to know besides physically doing the work. So is, is that a, like, do you have to be self-motivated to kind of learn that stuff? I mean, it seems like you would. It seems like you just be a laborer your whole life. Yeah. Or you could choose to kind of learn. Yeah, you you get to the point, you know, where, you know, everybody's different. Some people just start content being a laborer and just want to work for somebody like that. Yeah. But then when you sit there and you see the boss, you know, driving a nice truck and, you know, taking vacations and telling people what to do and this and that. And, you know, behind closed doors, you know, that looks all good and everything. But there's a lot of work involved into it. But you know what? I would rather take that more extra work to have my financial freedom and, you know, kind of run my own ship than to sit there and, you know, run under somebody else, you know, because it's like, you know, a little bit, you know, because you got your own way of like running business. And when you're just like the labor or whatever, it's like, oh, how come the boss does it like this? And, you know, we're out here, this and that. And, you know, you see them, you know, making money off of your blood, sweat and tears, you know, stuff like that. So you get to a point, it's like, hey, you know what? I could be the boss. And, yeah. you know, it's happened to me a lot of times before I became my own boss where, you know, they sit there and see me you know, doing the work, you know, the boss comes in like, oh yeah, everything's good. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Boom. Gone. You know, go golfing for the day or go wherever they're <laughs> going to go do whatever they do. You yeah. Know, and then you're out there doing the work and you know, you're only making X amount of dollars. And when you sit there and add it up, it's like, man, I'm, I'm capped out. Like I'm not going to make more than this. And you know, unless I get a raise. And so for you to get a raise, you either got to ask your boss or you got to start jumping from company to company to get that raise. And that's how construction guys do it. Unless they, you know, companies, you know, some of them will pay, some of them don't. But, you know, the ones that see the value in their employees will like give their guy a raise and keep them happy. But the ones that are not, they're going to jump ship and go where their money's at, you know. So you just get to a point where, you know, it's like, I don't want to sit there and like work for this guy where I'm yeah. making so much money. You know, I could be my own boss and, you know, that's when you got to take that leap, you know, like. Yeah. Is that scary? Oh, definitely. It's scary. You know, when I did, when I did, uh, when I decided to do that, I was kind of like in that boat that I'm talking about. I just got tired of like being told what to do or not really so much told what to do. I'm always been a team player. I'll never tell you no that I can't do it. I'm not going to do it or whatever. But, you know, if you're asking me to like, you know, do something and, you know, I sit there and see a way to like make it happen better, productively, safely and stuff like that. I'm going to share my, you know, opinion with you and, or, and, you know, hopefully we're on the same page and, you know, cause what's good for me is good for you. You know, it's good for business cause we're on the same team, you know, with the, with the goal inside, you know, with the deadline inside and stuff like that. But, you know, if you're asking me like, Hey, stop what you're doing, give me a material list and you still come and check the job for materialist, then why you stop me like on um, production, you know, it's like, yeah. 
you know, you're not really helping us out right here or, you know, question me if I'm your main guy, you know, like, I don't want to do that because that's kind of like, you know, frustrating and it just seems like you're not confident in my decision making. Like, why are you asking, you know, when I tell you we need this and that, and then you ask me like, what do we need this for? It's like, you know, I don't, then come over here, do your own list. Like, you know, I don't want to deal with this. So <laughs> yeah. I do my own thing, you know? So it, it, what happened was like, I just kind of got tired with those things, different situations, you know, and at that time I was working on weekends, you know, uh, for myself. So slowly I was establishing a clientele and my job was starting to get a little bit bigger than just like, so you didn't just do it overnight. Like, all right, I'm going to start my business oh, no. tomorrow. You weren't like pissed off. I'm going to do my own thing. No way. Not even okay. start like that. You know, after I came home from my, unwanted vacation you know i started you know i wasn't doing what i was doing anymore for you know my financial you know offset balance or whatever income so i just you know i took what i already knew you know because i've been in the construction trade for a while and you know i just started implementing all the weekends you know people the guys that i work with like hey you know do you, do you want this job somebody wants this and that done or whatever you want to take it you know we're too busy i'm like all right so then that kind of trickled to like more jobs becoming bigger and longer. And after a while, I was just like, tell my boss, like, hey, you know, I need to take Thursday, Friday off because I got like a four day job where they're going to pay me for two weeks of work. And yeah. You're going to sit there and pay me, you know, that is good. Were your bosses cool with it or are they like, nah, man? Well, you're... yeah, yeah, they're cool about yeah. it, you know, because they know when I show up, like I work. So, you know, the boss that I had, he, he was cool and understanding about that stuff. Yeah. So they never really questioned what I was doing or whatever, but. You know, it just kind of turned into that. And then when, you know, things finally hit the fan, it's like, you know, I'm not happy here either. You're going to have to like, you know, now I'm put in a position where like I'm asking you for more money to compensate all the headache and the hassle that I have to deal with. Or you're going to have to find somebody else. And finally, you know, like one last situation, I'm just like, you know, what? I'm not doing this anymore. You're going to have to find somebody else. And that's what I kind of like, you know, I was looking for another company initially. But, you know, at that time, all those years that I was working on the weekends, my job started to get bigger, yeah. you know, and then I just jumped in and, you know, from all those times that I established, you know, those clientele is like where I was actually okay. I've been busy like this whole time since I left, you know, with days off that I choose for myself, which are yeah. hardly ever, you know, so. You yeah. got to make it on your own name too, right? Because it's probably yeah. word of mouth at first, I'm sure. Yeah, it's word of mouth. So now referrals like, or whatever. Oh, yeah, the referrals, mm -hmm. they just like come like, hey, I got your name from so-and-so and this and that. And so, yeah, I just like totally make, and, you know, like sometimes, you know, I need help, like some labor help. So I have like, you know, a couple, you know, people I know come help me out, you know, family or friends, whatever, that, you know, might want to earn some extra money and, you know, come out and help me out. And, you know, but I you know, not to sit there and say that they just don't have the experience or whatever. So I just have to make sure that they do it the way I want them to do it because, you know, that is my reputation. And I yeah. have a name for myself. So it's like, you know, and I'm pretty patient with like, you know, the guys that I have and say, like, hey, man, like you got to do it this way. And, you know, and I'll show because, you know, that's what I learned from the guys that taught me. They're patient with me yeah. you know, when I was learning. It's like, hey, you know, that's how you do it or whatever. And like I took all those lessons, you know, from them. And then, you know, I added my own, you know, style and you know, discipline to it or whatever and, you know, improved on my techniques and stuff like that. Well, that's one thing I think that's real important about like working with your hands, whether it's like automotive or like, a lot of these kind of fields is that, again, that old thing that gets told to every kid, you know, and I, I've been an educator for a lot of years. So I've said it to people, you know, go to college, do this. It's just kind of like a rubber stamp, which yeah. you're supposed to do in life. But it's like, that's not for everybody. It doesn't fit everybody. And the, and the economy can't survive if, everyone's doing that you know we need somebody to build our homes we need someone to fix 
the electric and the plumbing in our homes. Right. We need people to do the, you know, to work on our cars or to do the, you know, the, the grading of the, right. you know, to do these, the sewage and the water infrastructure program. We right. need all of that stuff to be done. So someone's got to have those skills. And there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, you, you know, young um, people out there who I think if they went into that field, you know, they would really feel invigorated by it because it is a lot of like on your toes thinking. It is a lot of like freedoms, you know, but same time, you know, it's a lot of responsibilities put on you, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's a very much a different mindset than I'm going to sit in a classroom for, you know, the next four years, five years and have to repeat, you know, that learning you got in high school. Some people didn't like that style of learning. Right. So to be able to learn with your hands and to go out and do things, you know, and then, like you said, to have the opportunity to become your own boss and to build yourself. I think that's a message that a lot of times is just like not given to our youth. And it sucks. Cause like my son, he's graduating high school, you know, and, and, and I, you know, the question's always like, Oh, what are you doing after high school? And, and I hear it from a lot of youth, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, I'm going to college. You know, that's like the right. number one thing I'm going to college. And then it's like, you know, and it's sad because it's like, if you're going to a really nice college, you're going to a, you know, a UCLA or, you know, USC or something. And you know, everyone's like, yeah, you know, right. and then other kids who aren't going there, but do, do have college, you know, dreams. Right. Well, I'm just going to a four year college. You hear them to say, well, I'm just going to, like they're putting community themselves college, down. Right. I was going to community college and it's like, no, nah, no, nah, you could wind up at that big university too. Right. First two years are just, you're under, you know, you're under, uh, you're undergrad, you're under, you know, your coursework. It's not, you're not less than that other kid, but we right. give that message to these kids and then kids who don't want to do college at all, you know, they're just like, well, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. And it, you can just hear it in their voice. Parents have to feel bad about it. Like their kids ain't, they didn't become something right. when the reality is it's like, this isn't a finish line. They're just starting their life. Like right. they should, they're all on even slates. I don't care if you're going to a four-year college, if you've got a full ride, I don't care if you're a gifted athlete. I don't care if you're some right. valedictorian or if you're a kid that, you know, smoked weed through all four years and passed, you know, you got out with a D minus average, right. you're all clean slates as adults and what you're going to become in the next 20 to 30 years really starts right there. You know, like, what are you going to become? Right. You can start from nothing, very humble and build yourself to be very, you know, well-off person, you know, and well-adjusted, you know, not just money, but, you know, health right. and, 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 uh, psychologically and all these things. And you could see people shot out of a cannon and, and burn out, right. you know, like go two, three years in college, be like, I'm the same for me and quit, right. fall off the deep end, you know, and, and it's, it's crazy just to see that as you get older, you know, cause when you're 18, you don't feel that. Right. Of course. But so my son's turning 18 and I just, I have that in my mind. I see it. I'm like, wow, the things haven't changed. Like you, we still put that on our kids, you know? So like I asked my son, like someone asked me, what's your son doing? I said, I don't even know. Like he had, he had some stuff he told me he wanted to do. And I know, he, I know in his mind, he knows what he wants to do. Cause that's just the way he is. Right. So he didn't, may not tell me, but I know he knows what he, and I know he has a plan. Right. So I'm just like, I don't know. We'll see what he does. You know, I've, I've just purposely kind of been like, I don't know. He's kind Whatever of he's going to do, right. he, he's going to do. I, I support him and I know he'll do something. You know what I mean? But I, I'm not trying to bother him. Like, well, where are you going? Where's your applications? Right. Where's your, I want to, right. I want to put that pressure, but it's like, because, you know, what if, if he tells me, well, I'm going to go build, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go build houses or I'm going to, you know, I, okay. I know some parents be like, well, don't you want to go to college? Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with either one of those things. Right. And I think, again, those that's a message that we give our kids, which is messed up because um, I don't think my son's going to go build houses, by the way. It's not his personality. Right, right, but, right. but if it's something we wanted to do, like, I, you know, we should really support, I should support him because you can get some real benefits out of that. You know, yeah. like there's good physical benefits out of it. Like you're talking about building yourself, 
I imagine that had to build your self-esteem, being able to be like, I'm my own boss. Yeah, yeah. That had to feel good. It does, you know. Sometimes it's, you know, you know, I got to sit there and just kind of look at it like, hey, you know what? I am my own boss. And at the end of the day, I make my own schedule. You know, I could be as flexible as I want, but I'm still gear-driven because, like, I feel like I should have kind of, like, started sooner, you know. I'm kind of in a place where I should have been maybe, like, five, six years ago and, you know, financially and, you know, all that stuff like also for my kids you know because you sit there and see like some parents that are like you know my age and you know got the toys and the kids yeah are they're buying their kids all mercedes but my kids are all like older and stuff like that so i feel like you know if i could have went back you know and done it like maybe seven years ago like i'd probably be a little bit further than that yeah. now but you know i'm not in a bad place you know and it does feel good to sit there and you know be my own boss and you know actually I don't know, just, I guess, like, run my own ship, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, and, yeah. like, nobody tells me what to do, you know, and I work with my clients, so it's not like they're the boss of me either. I work with them, you know, it's like, hey, you know, this is, like, my dream. This is what I want to do, so, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, I'll help you build it. Like, what do you want? Let's make it happen. You make know? it happen. Yeah. You know, it's weird you bring up time like that because, I'm, you know, time is, I feel like it's such a weird thing for natives especially, and because, you know, First off, we don't tend to age a lot, you know, like you'll see somebody and you're like, man, that person seems like they look the same that my whole life. <laughs> How old are they? You find out they're like really old. You're like, damn, they look good. They don't age, you know, and then and then they do age and then they look that way forever, you know, like, um, but anyways, so there's like, there's that. And then the other part of that too is like, I know on the res here, like the average age of death is 42. I don't know if you knew that, but they did a study a while back on that um, and 42, you know, and it's, you don't think that's, about that when we're- man. That's young as heck, man. That's that's scary to that's think that in this community, you know, and it's like we, um, you know, that's something you always help too with our community is always going in and digging and yeah. and uh, helping out. You know, you grew up in this community and as part of that, you know, we're we're all supposed to help out the best way we can. And that's one way I know you you do a lot of that that work. But yeah, man, 42 is the the age that the average age of death on our res and i don't think of my res as being all violent or like all crazy or no. it's just people that go kind of early you know and it's, right and so you think about that and i go well damn in alpine the average age jumps like 30 years older or something like that and it's 10 minutes away oh is that right that's so that's crazy to yeah. think like if you live in this community versus 10 minutes away like there's such a gap and like how long you're going to make it to me, it's scary. And I think about that with time because it's like, man, all those dreams, aspirations, like we want to build right. for our kids and grandkids. Right. It's like a lot of times our windows are a lot smaller than, than you know, we don't got 70 years to do that. We might only have 40 years to do, do that, you know? And it's like, that's a trip. So when I think of time, I think of that same time, you know, you could be on the res. And I learned this at school, you know, chilling on the res with everybody, whatever. Yeah. And they go to school and I was just, I was in the books. Right. Got my bachelor's, master's, you know, got a career, all this and that. Seemed like 10 years went by, like a blink, oh, dude, right. like a blink. And I was like, whoa, I still looked the same, felt the same. I was right. kind of healthy. And then, uh, but it'd been a lot of years. And then when I go around the res and hang around, it's like, ain't nothing changed, dude. Like everyone who is kind of chilling, still kind of chilling. You know, that's why I tell a lot of kids on the resume, like, you know, go do what you're going to do because when you come back, a lot of things are going to be this. You're not going to miss out, right. man. You know, a lot of people just do what that's their life. It's what they do. You know, they're not going to change. You're not going to miss it. The res parties will, they'll still be there, you know, right. and a lot of the same people will still be there <laughs> and they'll look the exact same in 10 years because we don't age. You know, it's a trip. I always just think of the, 
time like that. Like we're in a weird time warp on the res in a lot of ways. But yeah, that little statistic always trips me out. I feel like, yeah, hey, I hope we're I changing it. That's right around the corner for us, too, you know? But, yeah, it's scary, huh? Yeah. Like, dang, man. You know, what, what's crazy, too, is, like, starting and get, you know, just, like, a year ago, starting off and, you know, doing my own thing and stuff like that. And, you know, I feel like I should be further, but I'm actually on a good path to where I want to be. And, you know, I have admiration and, you know, goals for myself, you know. And, you know, for something like that right around the corner is kind of scary because I feel like I'm just barely – starting my life, you know, yeah. just later in, in my life, you know, and it's like, oh man, you know, and I, I'm a believer and I'm a dreamer of my own, you know, goals and dreams, you know, and so that's what keeps me up and going, you know, and, you know, I, I just, you know, the average thing is, it is scary, you know, it's like right around the corner, yeah. I'm like trying to start my life going here. I know? think you'll make it, you'll double that. I think you will, man. I really yeah. do. Cause you take care of yourself and, and you're not, you're involved in things that are, um, you know, you're going to last a long time, you know. Get up going to work, you're probably going to last longer than if you're all rezzed out and partied out somewhere. You know, one of the I things assume. that I remember and I'll never forget is from my uh, one of my bosses, the one that actually like put me on in 2010 that I learned a lot from. And uh, we're sitting there working and we're working at an older lady's house or whatever. And, you know, I was just like sitting there thinking to myself, you know, I'm just like, man, I can't wait to retire and this and that. But then, you know, we're working at this lady's house and, you know, I'm just like, but I'm just like, well, if I retire, then what am I going to do? I'm just going to like sit here and like cruise around. If I'm not established, which I'm not, and mm. you know, I'm not now, but you know, I was even less than, you know, at that time it was like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to sit there and cruise around the house and just like wither away and just like die. I'm just like, I don't, you know what? I don't want to retire. I'm not ready for that. I need to yeah. like kick up my life and, you know, get it started or whatever. And you know what I remember my old boss saying, he's all like, Hey, he's all, you know what? If you don't use it, you lose it, you know, and he's, and you know, I give like a lot of respect to that guy. His name is Scott Jennings, man. Uh, he taught me like a lot of stuff that I know. And, you know, there's nothing that that dude would not do. Like he, there's nothing that he wouldn't do himself that he asked me to do. Like, Hey, can you do this? And he'd crawl underneath the house. And, you know, when I met him, he was like 62 years old now. So he's like probably 70 <laughs> and he bikes yeah. down at the beach and, you know, he does all the same stuff. You know, he's still like, even though he's retired, he still like fixes stuff around his house. We have a couple properties down there in national city and goes over there and tinkers on his stuff, fixes all stuff and smart dude, you know, I just yeah. like tripped out and I have like a lot of respect for him, but that's something that stuck with me. You know, it's like, Hey, if you don't use it, you lose it because like once you stop moving and you see people like that retire that just like, are not going to work anymore and they just start deteriorating you know their body yeah. falls apart because they're not yeah. moving around no more it's like oh wow that's a trip i'm just like yeah so that kind of stuck to me so i'm just like yeah you know i'm not ready to retire you know <laughs> i'm not gonna yeah. retire you know you know i'll probably always be like active you know physically you know yeah you want to be that old guy that's still out there and everyone's telling like hey take it easy but you do you see it around you see a lot of old timers who are like still in there trying to do stuff and uh and and they're still hanging, you know. Um, I ran into an elder today, actually, uh, Carmen Lucas. I don't know if you know her out of Laguna. Um, her dad, her dad is uh, Tom Lucas, the late Tom Lucas, quite me. Yeah. And um, but she's, I, I mean, I don't want their age on a blast, but I, I know she's like in her late eighties. Yeah. But you know, like she's so active, dude. She'll go still walk two, three miles. She's she's probably physically like in her fifties. I bet. I don't know. She and it was good to see her, you know, and and. Uh, but I, I was just like, man, this lady does not age. Like my whole life, she's been old, right. you know. But, um, but she, she just like, if, if she's around, she don't sit down. She'll stay standing, and you know, like, you know, if you go, oh, you know, me help. She said, no, 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 I'm okay, I'm okay, yeah. you know. She just, 
she's always like just active like that. Right. My mom's kind of like that too. She'll she bounces around, you know, and and she always says, you know, if she's hurting, she don't acknowledge it. She just continues on and right. just because she, she says once you slow down, you know, um, well, I mean that she'll say that about people. She go, you know. They let themselves get old, you know. They're not even old yet. They just they want to act old, and then yeah. then they do get old. They get hurt and injured, and then they they can't reverse it. And, it's, right. and then well, they really that feel even it. with people our own age, you know, you yeah. have a generation, you know, younger than us. You sit there and see them just kind of like not take care of themselves, and you know, besides like staying active, whatever. Like the biggest thing to it too is just like you know having less health problems you know if you're yeah. sitting there active or whatever you're going to make less trips to the doctor and stuff like that because mm-hmm. you're taking care of yourself you know you're being active you know so i think that's for me that's important because i don't want to sit there and you know think about like my health and stuff like that i gotta go to the doctors because i can't breathe or you know have high yeah. blood pressure and all stuff like that i can prevent that you know and work helps me do that but you know something that i have to know within myself is you know like hey i gotta take care of myself and still go run in and keep the heart rate going yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff you know it's important to me it is you know yeah. i want to live a you know life you know a pretty long healthy life you know it's definitely like a quality of life um investment you know you yes. want to have a good quality of life when you're older and my dad was saying that you know he used to say that back in the day he would tell me like he would say like uh you know a lot of the people that he's that were around that were older still pretty agile he'd say well you know those people all worked when they were younger they'd worked with their hands or physical they did things and he said a lot of people who don't do those things they don't make it to be old because they just you know their bodies give out they never had you know they don't have that cardio built up so their their heart isn't that strong they're you know they're not doing physical stuff so when they hurt their leg it doesn't heal right and stuff and so they they start to be immobile and the next thing you know it's like their organs are going out and so you said so if you work around you know even if you're not crazy good shape you know if you kind of just stay physical it's better and so for him he was riding his motorcycle until he had a stroke and everything you know my parents are in their 70s yeah. but you know he was pretty active up into that you know even if you'd go out and make gourds and just kind of build stuff he was building like benches he's retired you know right. but he's building like benches and like chairs just to kind of stay active, go out and do a project for a couple hours a day at least, you know, right. and uh, just to keep himself physical like that. And my mom, she's like that. You go over there any day of the week and she's up doing something. I've never, I can't think of it unless my mom's sick, which is rare, but I can't think of a time I've gone over and my mom's just laying around. Right. Like I can't even think of any time she's done that. She's always up doing something. My mother-in-law's like that too. <laughs> she's all, like, all over and just doing yeah. something, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to go, I'll go lay on the couch. And so, you know, I want to make sure the couch is getting used. <laughs> my mom was like that. Uh, you know, I, I credit some of my work ethic to my mom, you know, I remember growing up and, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of money, you know, nobody really did up here, you know, everybody was kind of broke and, you know, welfare. The pre-casino like days, man. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, my mom would want to sit there fence and my mom would get out there and get the handsaw and, <laughs> you know, here, step, put your foot on there. And she'd be like, with her foot. And then she'd take nails and pull them out of the boards and she'd sit there and show me like, here, straighten them out. And just like, ting, 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 straighten the nail back out and use it. And yeah, my mom was tough. I, I used to trip out, you know, she's a hard worker, hard working woman, you know, she'd yeah. sit there and do all kinds of stuff. And Saturdays, you know, like these days, man, these kids will sit there and sleep till like 12, one o'clock if you let I'm them. staring at the cameraman, Ryan. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> hey, no man, it's just like man, like at least once a month, man. Like my mom never let us sleep in, you know. Like yeah. hey, get up, like get out of the house, do something, clean up, and <laughs> you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that I credit my mom for, you know, about like you know she, you know, sit her, watch her cook, and you know, <laughs> when she take off for you know the Saturday or whatever, go 
you know, shopping, you know, I, I sit there and want to cook for myself, you know, and I sit there and see her and, you know, steal her recipes. Like I have my mom's recipes, you know, cause I just like watch her. Yeah. I wanted to learn for myself. And so I'd be in the kitchen after like my cousins and uncles would eat leftovers, whatever. I'd be in there like cooking the kitchen and man, I didn't know better at the time, but I'd be all scratching the pan, <laughs> you know, with the metal spatula and the Teflon. And I tried to put everything back because my mom was particular. Yeah. And I kind of get that too, you know, and you know, I think I'm all like flick and put everything back. Oh man, my mom would be pissed. She's like, who the hell was using my pan? Who scratched it all up? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that till like I was on my road and I got a pan set. I'm like, oh man, these things are, yeah, I'm not using those metal spatulas. <laughs> now I know why my mom was all pissed. <laughs> Burning all the pots and pans. Yeah, but my mom, you know, she would do all that kind of stuff. Like on Saturdays, you know, she wouldn't let us sleep in. And, yeah. you know, we'd go out there and have to clean the whole freaking yard and everything. And my uncle, he used to wrench on, you know, cars. So there'd be motors and parts everywhere. We'd have to sit there and organize them. Oh, well, yeah, like my mom didn't mess around. And no, no stone was ever, like, left unturned, you know. like And she was, like, really thorough about cleaning, like, refrigerator got pulled out like everything got dusted pictures everything got wiped down like oh man it was like a deep cleaning but you know because of that you know you I built that work ethic uh, yeah <laughs> i do that too with my own place yeah. you know like sometimes i'd let it slide or whatever but i'm just like oh this house gotta be i'm just like dang I'm a little, that's my mom coming out of me sometimes. yeah my parents are like that too it might be my mom was always clean every weekend when like if we were home we was like all right get everybody up we're cleaning <laughs> but my dad he kind of went you know he was always working he was a firefighter so it was three days on three days off, or whatever the schedule yeah. was and then uh but when he was home i, I think sometimes he just didn't want to hear my mom like, you don't want to clean and yeah. stuff. So he'd wake us up, like, it'd be early. Like, he just kicked the bed, get up. And we're like, whoa, what? Like, disorient it, you know? Yeah. And I always knew if, I, if I'd if smell, like, pancakes, I'd be like, oh, dude. I like pancakes, but I used to hate the smell. We'd get up, <laughs> be like, go in there. He'd have a whole breakfast set up, hurry up and eat. We got things to do. I'd be like, so start eating, you know? And, and Try you to know, take your time, eat all yeah. <laughs> and he would, uh, you know, so it'd be like my brother, uh, my brother Beef, and, and uh and, and all of us in snow and we'd all be there eating whatever and they'd be like all right we're going to cut wood when it was pancakes i knew we were going to cut wood because it was like you need to have those calories uh, we go yeah. somewhere and it was like to take the tree down and we'd tow, tow it out and then you know him and beef would be on the saws you know they'd saw it up and then and you know we'd add jumps i'd have to go get all the limbs and clean it it was just yeah. it was just like a whole day of work yeah. dude it was just like work work like getting up at like five or six and and then get home and no idea, man. No, no dude. Idea. And yeah. then it was like I when, remember split wood. Splitting wood all the time, dude. And it was like when I was older, I yeah, I split it by hand a little bit. But when I was younger is when we were really spending a lot of wood. And as uh and it was like my brothers, they would split wood and beef was you good, dude. Big old, you guys have a big old tree trunk and then just take one. Yeah, put one on top and then boom, and yeah. Then you get a wedge, yeah. Yeah, and the wedges and you know what I like it. I had a stack, kid, that was know? my thing. Yeah. I, I like doing that as a kid. I don't know. I didn't mind it, you know, just like oh yeah. I'm sit there trying to break this a little yeah. whack, whack, like go fly, like uh, be a little bit dangerous, but yeah. I had my own little mall, but I'd break the handle because I sucked. I was a little guy. Yeah. But I remember like my brother, dude, um, my brother Ronnie, but beef was really good. He would like split like he was he'd go through the pile. So sometimes I would just have to be over there and like I'll be stacking it, you know. And uh, but as I got older, it, you know, then I was starting to get better at it. Yeah, right. It was weird though, cause like right when I was, I was like maybe senior in high school, junior senior, I moved, I was getting ready to move out and everything. Yeah. 
And then uh, that's when my dad went and bought a gas powered splitter. <laughs> well, what was this? I don't even know they made those. Well, what is this thing? Because <laughs> we just split by hand. I tell my wife that. She's like, oh, yeah, right. I'm like, I swear, dude. I never even knew what a gas powered <laughs> splitter was until yep. my dad got one. Like, man, it takes forever to cut a piece what of two by four. What the heck, dude? It was now rough. Like, burr, burr. Like, oh, man, where was this at? Yeah, I remember when I bought my first freaking. Uh, Skill saw at the Alpine Hardware Store and freaking I was all cutting branches then and I had the guard up because that's just knucklehead and not yeah. really those six things and I was working for the Forest Service but you know I didn't have no chainsaw I just had this thing because you know <laughs> yeah, I yeah. like tinkering and put stuff together I take stuff apart sometimes I remember taking apart a TV just to see how it worked and I still had it plugged in and I was back there looking at something I stuck a screwdriver in there and I hit a fuse or something and I ended up like turn off the power to the whole house and my mom already knew like that I was messing with something because that's how it was. She's like, yeah. what are you doing? I'm like, put the TV back together. Not, nothing. What happened? <laughs> to play it off, but yeah, I remember just with the like the saw, you know, I'm like trying to cut these branches and I had the guard all pinned back and everything and I kind of dropped a freaking saw and oh man, I was wearing chaps, thank God, you know. Oh, I, damn. Freaking, like, whoa, whoa. I cut myself like a little bit, but yeah. You didn't take your leg off. No, that's brutal, no. dude. Like, yeah, like I was wearing the Forest yeah. Service chaps, I took them home. You know, so I was like, yeah. That's you a know. cool thing, though, when you work for, like, Forest Service or an agency, they'd show you all the uh, safety protocols. Yeah. So I remember my dad would do a lot of different things when we cut wood, you know, or, like, when we towed something, he'd put, like, the sleeve over the chain. I'd be like, what? where did he even learn this stuff? But I didn't realize until later that he learned that all from, like, working, you know? Yeah. When he was, uh, uh, he was a hotshot one year, but he, you know, worked for Cleveland National, and then he went for to CDF, California Department of Forestry. Oh, nice. But um, now that's Cal Fire. Right. And that's where he retired from. But it's like, yeah, he had all these like little safety things, how you're supposed to do stuff, you know. And he still has his chainsaw over there from like, I think it's, I swear, it's a steel, one of those orange steels. Okay. I think that chainsaw is older than I am. Really? But like, yeah, about uh, six months before he had a stroke, he was out sawing. He had had a he had a new chainsaw, and, and then he pulled that one out, and that thing was still just working like like good as ever. Really? I was like, damn, that's a good chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, it's probably 30 year old chainsaw still working. He used to always be cutting, you know, he put the new, new blades on and stuff, whatever the, um, the, um, bar and everything. And, and, uh, he'd, he'd maintain it. He took yeah. care of his stuff, you know, same thing like with guns and stuff. He'd always be taking care of all of, you know, like me, I'll go shoot him, but yeah. like, I don't want to sit there and clean him and everything. Bar, yeah. yeah. But he, he would just make a day out of like cleaning all the guns or, you know, sharpening up the chainsaw chain and, you know, oiling it up and, you know, changing maintenance. maintenance, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. He'd make a day out of all that. You know, what's cool uh, is uh, dropping trees, man. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's an art, too. Uh, it is, it is, and it's yeah, it could be dangerous, man. You can mess yourself up, like, yeah. if you don't know what you're doing. But I like uh, on the videos I, online where they drop them on the houses and cars, you're like, oh no, yeah. When I was with the Forest Service, uh, uh, we're doing some project work, and we're at one of the stations out there, and you know, I was already a freaking uh, uh, you know, lead sawyer or whatever, and we're sitting there dropping trees or whatever, so. Like, hey, we need to drop this tree. And it was like between like the shed and like the building. It's pretty cool though to sit there and be able to like sit there and drop it and yeah, you know, put a soda can out there and just like drop it right on the soda can. It's like, man, that's bad, you know. It's like just like come crashing down. It's cool, it's a cool feeling. Yeah, man, that's yeah. gnarly. That's a cool thing about like and I you know, I don't I don't want to hammer on too much, but I know like, you know, a lot of reses uh that are doing kind of well, you see a population of people that don't work, you know, and it's like and uh, the youth, especially coming up, it's like, it's to me, it's a good message just to be like, man, go get a job, go get a quirky job, do go work at a gas station, go work at a, a supermarket or go do firefighting or do, because it's actually, it's not about the money, dude. It's like, it's fun. You right. meet people, you have these experiences, 
and you learn random stuff that you don't think you'd ever want to learn or have these experience like dropping a tree like right. you've never dropped a tree or been around one it might sound like work and it is but like that's a cool experience to right. see a tree go down that you chopped you know and and to be able to you know to cut that and make those cuts to drop it in a certain location dude that's a cool skill to have and it's just a cool experience well that kind of know? stuff right there i think you know is kind of like uh you know they kind of go hand in hand like with like survival skills you know if yeah. like something ha happened and you know you had like an axe or something like that that you'd be able like to physically and figure out how to like build a shelter or yeah. something like that because it's construction it's all construction it's all yeah construction. i thought you were going to go in the direction of like if the zombies are coming you know how to swing <laughs> I don't, I'm not into that conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's what the COVID's doing. Hey, it's really making us into zombies. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's like, these are all great experiences, you know. Um, that's one thing I like talking about beef too, because like, man, you listen to him, you're like, damn, I want to go be a firefighter too, because he's got all these crazy stories, you know, uh, about this happened and we got burned over and he has all these characters, you know. Well, they're real people, but right, to me, right, they're like right. characters in a movie or something. But it's like, you get that from every, every field of uh, employment and stuff, you know, and the ability to be like, and, and for me, I know when I earn a paycheck and I and I go out cash that and I go buy food, and have dinner, whatever it is, you know, it's it's a really good feeling to be like, damn, I earned this. Right. Like I earned this. It's a it really builds your self-esteem and makes you feel good. And you, you do get these like goals in life like, oh, you know what? I do want to improve with this. I do want to go there. I want to try something new. I want to build. And I think that right there makes you want to be more motivated to take care of your health, take care of your, make good decisions. That's not going to wind you up in jail or wherever. Right. That's not going to, you know, you're going to put yourself in, in good positions. And I think um, to stay alive and stay healthy. And I think that, you know, I was talking about that 42 earlier or three, whatever the number, I think it's 42 and a half, but you know, of the average age of death and all that. And I think sometimes right. some of our, some of our youth and some of our people have, um, lived in great despair you know we have a lot of bad history we have a lot of trauma and things like that right and so um you know i think of course that's a huge part of it and i don't want to i don't want to get away from that but i think some of it too is like you're 18 or 19 you know and it's so easy to fall into that quote-unquote res life you're not doing much you know and that way of life is not healthy dude you go on those bingers and you know you're out you're out partying out for a couple years you know which means like three four days of the week you're out you're hitting it, you know, and you're just living an unhealthy life. You're not eating good. Yeah. You, I mean, I look at some people and I don't want to throw nobody's name, throw anybody under the bus, but I can think of people that I remember them looking at them and going, dude, I don't know if they're going to make it. They look bad. Yeah. And then they get their life together and, you know, and they're back in shape. And like, oh man, you look good, you know? And, and it's like, it's cool to see them make it and get to that point. But some people don't make it there. Some people go through that binger and they just, they don't make it. Yeah. They're done. And it's you know, like, we're burying them. It yeah, sucks, know, dude. I hate that. You know, it, the red life is a little bit tough, you know, like, you know, I grew up here and stuff like that and have friends and, you know, people I consider family here and stuff. And, you know, it, it's a bubble. It's easy to get caught up in, you know, especially with the money flowing and stuff like that. And, you know, everybody's partying and it took me getting kicked off the res for me to kind of, you know, kind of figure my stuff out. Like I always kind of was borderline, like teetering, like, what I was going to do was like, I can't do what everybody on the res is doing because I don't get per capita like that. But, you know, yeah. it took me getting off, you know, kicked off the res and then, you know, you know, trying to be there for my kids and stuff like that. And my kids, too, being like something that I always wanted to do was like be a good dad for my kids, you know. So, yeah. like, you know, all these things kind of equated, even though I made a couple, you know, choices that kind of 
challenge in my life or made it more difficult, I always kind of knew what I needed to do. But get away from the Reds is what kind of helped me go that way. You know, I did, you know, take a couple of left turns or whatever and, you know, end up in some bad places. But, you know, I was able to prevail and, you know, get away from that because I still had that work ethic because I knew yeah. in the back of my mind, like, I can't stop working. I don't get money like that. You know, this is my life. Nobody's going to hand it to me or give it to me. So I have to sit there and, you know, even though this is my consequence now for like the choices I made, you know, I could get out of this, you know, it's not the end of the world, but you know, I have to sit there and see it through that, you know, I come out on the other side of this, you know, so, you know, it, you know, back to what you're saying, you know, just being on the res is like a little bit different. It's easy to get caught up and yeah. be wrapped up in that bubble here, you know? Yeah, it is, man. You know, and it's just, it's a bummer to see when people don't get that opportunity to come out the other side and make something themselves. I mean, a lot of our, one thing I've learned, you know, and, and like when you're young, you kind of, you see people and you just assume they've always been that way. One thing I've learned is that like a lot of these, these leaders, you know, and whether they're political leaders or cultural leaders or elders, like they've been through it too, you know, and they'll be the first to tell you like, man, I used to do this, that and whatever, you know, and you know, I got wrapped up in this or I made this bad mistake. And you're like, Oh wow. You know, like, you don't seem like a person that would do that because I know you was being <laughs> right. established. I know right. you was being respectful or, you know, we're all, you know, ever, you know, I come up and shake your hand. Like, I don't know you to be, you know, but they'll, they, if you really ask them where you know them, you know that they've been through some things and they've made those bad choices, but yeah. they were able to weather that storm yeah. and get there. And it's like, there's people along the lines along the way who don't get that chance. And so that's why, you know, I think like, again, I got kids that are coming at that age where right. I'm like, Hey man, I don't want to see them go down any of those roads where they don't make it. Right. That's my biggest fear as a parent. I want them to stay, you know, I want them to stay humble. Don't be wrong, but I want them to build themselves up and have goals and aspirations and not my aspirations, but theirs. So I know right. that they're happy and I want to make sure that uh, I want them to have a, a, a message, you know, that go find what you are or try to figure it out and go work hard at it. Be willing to work hard at it. Be willing to take a chance. And it doesn't necessarily have to be college, you know, and if it is that great, but if it's not, okay, don't be lazy. Don't be sleep. You know, like let's right. make it happen. You know, right. take that chance. Um, my son wants to be in culinary arts. You know, that's what he was, he was going to go to school for that. I think he still is, but um, cooking and whatnot and all that. But like, I, and the other thing too is I told him I was like, well, what do you want to do? And a couple of years ago he goes, oh, I want to work in a restaurant, maybe be a chef. And I said, that's cool. I said, but son, you should probably want to own a restaurant. Right. So if you want a chef, cool, go be a chef. But if you don't want a chef, you don't have to be a chef. You can right. be a chef on Tuesday and relax and go play golf on Wednesday or whatever, you know. But that's a message I'm trying to give them too is like be an owner. But you, right. you don't just get to snap your fingers and I'm an owner. You got to right. learn that. Go yeah. wait tables and bus and, and be, you know, with all the little steps and learn everything you can. Be an eager learner. And I think if we, we tell our youth that, you know, like if you're into whatever it is, go be an eager learner, work hard at it, be devoted, go be passionate, passionate about it. I, I just feel like some of these kids who don't go to college or don't go the traditional routes, like I think sometimes they don't have nothing better to do. So they're just like, screw it. Res right. life. Let's go, let's go blaze it up or whatever, you know? And it's like, maybe if they, if we said instead, like follow find your passion and follow it, then yeah. that might invigorate them to, to um, set those goals and do healthier things and be more motivated and, and and have a, a purpose to like live dude right. sometimes i run into people and and uh when they're young and i can remember being young and 
having friends where I, I know they just didn't seem to have purpose, you know? Right, just existing. Yeah, just existing, you know? And then you see them going through some craziness, and you're just like, damn, man. And then whatever they go through that gets them to that click where it's like, okay, now I have a purpose. Right. Boom, they just shoot out a cannon, and they're just, they do well. And then they're the next generation elders, you know, or whatever. Right. But you got to get there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, for like myself too, it's just like, I've always knew that I wanted to do something with myself. Like I said, not that it was going to be handed to me, but yeah, you're right about, you know, finding a purpose or whatever, something that, you know, is going to, you know, have you, you know, prosper in life, you know, and, you know, like you said, find that purpose, you know, for me, this is what I like doing, you know, and, you know, I, I like my job. I like going, getting up and going to work. Yeah, some days are physical and, you know, I get my, you know, get my ass handed to me and I'm like a little bit slow or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the moon is falling it, it, on all, us. It's all worth it. You know, the rewards are worth it, you know, because I am my own boss. But, you know, That's back right. to what you're saying, you know, that thing about feeling good about, you know, some of the stuff you achieved or, or are achieving. Like, for me, one of the biggest purchases I've ever made in my life was my work truck. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's for work. But you know what? Sometimes it's surreal that I own like a vehicle like that, because had I thought that I was going to own something like that when I was in my younger days, not even, you know, but to sit there and now it's like my everyday vehicle and I show up, it looks professional and I could be proud of that. It's like, hey, you know what? I earned this, you know, and, you know, I should be proud of that. You know, sometimes I forget because like I do try to make my, you know, keep myself humble about where I'm at, you know, some people are like, hey, you're doing so great, it's like, yeah, but, you know, I still want more for myself, you know, because mm-hmm. there's more for me out there, you know, and, you know, that's just one of my goals to sit there, you know, I want to get into flipping houses, you know, I want to, you know, invest in property, you know, there's also too, you know, I want to give back to the community, I know uh, as a young parent, you know, and, you know, some things, you know, were my own mistakes, you know, and I could have done differently, you know, but my kids, you know, something, that I've always had to fight for, you know, even till this day, I still have to fight for like custody and, you know, it's affected mm-hmm. our relationship, you know, and that's, you know, something that's always kind of like bothered me. But, you know, at that age, when I was young, I didn't know which way to turn as far as like, you know, resources and how to get out of the funk, you know, or like, you know, where could I go for, you know, being a young dad and, you know, trying to fight for custody of my kids. I didn't know any of the legal system or nothing like that. So along with this whole construction stuff, you know, Eventually, when I do get, you know, to the point where I can invest into, you know, a property or something like that, maybe like a, you know, small apartment, you know, fix it up and make it like a housing for men that are in that same situation that don't know how to turn or maybe they do have drug abuse, alcohol abuse and, you know, are looking for help to and they have kids young and things are not, you know, working out for them, like, you know, get with different resources or people that can help them get education and, you know, give them this place that, you know, will, you know, have like a, a home for them, you know, to sit there and have their kids or whatever, as long as like there's some like rules or guidelines for them to fit in this, you know, criteria for them to sit there and be dads to their kids. Cause you know, some, some dudes go through this stuff and they don't really know how to get the help or look for it. And they turn to, you know, drugs and alcohol and next thing you know, they're just going down this road and can't get back. And, you know, when they want like, you know, like every, you know, like most of the dudes I know, like they want to be good dads to their kids, you know, yeah, a lot, you know, some of us didn't grow up with dads. I didn't grow up with the dad. So like before I even had kids, like, yeah, I want to be the best dad I could be, you know, I didn't have those resources or didn't know how to like find them or, you know, you know, see them out. So 
you know, that's something that I want to give back to the community. Like later on, when I kind of get established, I'm able to do so, you know, to sit there and take, you know, something and give, you know, these younger guys an opportunity. And I think that contributes to society. You know, you, you know, dads that are raising their kids, you yeah. know, statistics show that they fare a little bit better than, you know, kids in broken homes, you know, not saying that yeah. kids in broken homes won't, you know, prosper and stuff like that. But, you know, I think, you know, if, you know, kids are in a, you know, with their dads or, you know, whatever, be a little bit, you know, contribute a little bit better to society, you know, not running amok, you know, because they got like that father figure, you know? Absolutely. You know, it's a skill, man. That's one thing that like, I think people from time, like I have five kids and I I was just talking to my wife about this because again, my son's turning 18. So it's like all on my brain. He just had his birthday last week, but, um, so he is 18 now. I, wait, I better yeah. kick him out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's time to get out. Yeah. But no, you know, I remember being like, uh, like scared. Like, dang, dude, like, I don't know that I could, like, we could do this. And my wife was like, we're scared. Like, how do we take care of this kid? You know, like, this is our life now. Like, yeah. we mess up. He ain't going to make it. You know what I mean? Like, we got to try to make good decisions. And it's like, you know, I did have a dad. I did have male models around and stuff. So I had people to go to and help and everything. Same time, like. Their generation is different, right? You know, me changing all these diapers, you know, was like was looking at a lot of people looking at me sideways, like, wow, man, you're changing diapers, and it's like, yeah, man, I want to try to do, you know, do everything I can, and so my parenting style was a little bit different than that generation, you know, was the generation though, before. My, my yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, not shunned or whatever. It's like, hey, you know, why are you coming home and cooking and cleaning, and you yeah. know, that's the lady's job, and that's like that. That's that age gap, though, that generation gap, though, yeah. because that's that traditional thing, like the woman belongs in the kitchen. But, you know, society's changed, you know, that's yeah. not that's the old ways, you know, so it's like, hey, you know, women are bringing, you know, putting, you know, bringing money to the table, too, you know, so it's yeah. like kind of like more of an equal thing, you know, and, you know, the older generation. Trust me, I know my wife's on council. My wife's hey, on council. I get it. Hey, don't you know I'm on council? <laughs> I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> so how do you want your tortillas, honey? Hey, you want a thicker thing? But it's true though, man. Changing times. But you know, again, they don't. They don't. I mean, man, most of the dudes I know are trying to be good dads. You know, yeah. even the ones that are terrible. They're, most of them are trying. But yeah, again, it doesn't just click in your brain like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. It's a learning process. Yeah, Being a father is a skill. It's a skill set. You got to learn how to do all these things. And, you know, and it takes patience and it takes someone teaching a little bit. It takes a guy wanting to learn, of course. But, you do, you know, someone's got to show that guy how to change a diaper right. or to prioritize their budget. Yeah. You know, like you get money, like, hey, make sure your kid's got shoes. Make sure yeah. they got diapers. Make sure... You know, it's not like you automatic, everybody automatically thinks like right. that. You have to show them right. that, you know, um, when you have your first, either the, to me, where you learn that is when you have your first kid and everyone starts giving you all this random stuff and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I guess a baby or a, a, a wipe warmer is cool. You know, something that's going to warm up the baby wipes, <laughs> but, but you know, it's like, oh yeah, a changing pad, you know, we could put yeah. it up. But then by the time you have your fifth kid, you're, you know, you're like, got paper towels, you know what, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you're changing your kid on your room. lap, you know, you're changing. You already got the skills, like, you got to figure it out. We've done this four or five times. Change your kid on the back of a tailgate, you know, you don't <laughs> yeah. care, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, it's like, you just learn that. And like our, our, uh, the bag we used to take around, you know, we had like all, just a big duffel bag, yeah, baby bag, diapers, and diapers extra, clothes, extra bottles, everything. <laughs> My, the last kid, dude, I just would take like a little pack of wipes and like two diapers and like, he can eat when he gets back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we would like, the bag was super small, you know, but you just learn like what you need and don't need, you know, right. and it's like skills. But again, 
you don't want to push anybody to where they're just like, screw it, you know? And that's like, you know, if you have a, if you do uh, develop that and that becomes a thing that would be so powerful because there are a lot of young um, fathers, I think that do go to that point where they're just like, you know what, screw it. And then they just step out of the life of their kid. And that's so sad because they don't realize the generational hurt they're creating when they could have been that person to really, you know, um, benefit that kid, their own kid. And, you know, and I get that there's, them and their baby mama might be have a beef or yeah. the other family or maybe even their own family or their circumstance. We get it. You know, nothing is ever perfect. Yeah. And, but again, to get to that point where a guy's just like, you know what? I tried, screw it. Like you don't want them to get there if you can help it. So if there's something that could show them those skills, make it a little bit easier, guide them a little bit and uh, maybe get them started on that road right. when the kid's an infant, career. as opposed yeah. to when they're 12, 13 and they're like, Hey son, I want to have this conversation with you. And the, and the kid's like, nah, man, I don't know you square right. up, you right. know, like right. that's not healthy. So right. that would be cool, man. I hope you, I hope that works out because for I, you. I, you know, yeah. You know, cause you know, from my experience, you know, I kind of went through that and, you know, at the time, you know, sitting there, you know, being up here on the res and stuff like that, partying and, and everything like that, you know, I didn't really realize it until after that time had passed. I'm just like, man, you know what? I'm self-medicating, man. I'm sitting there drinking and smoking weed and all that stuff. And, you know, like, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to get there. And so that was part of my struggle, you know, like I said, getting kicked off the res and make a couple few yeah. bad turns. It's just like, man, you know what? Like, this is, you know, now that I think about it, like, man, that's why I just, like, didn't, you know, because I felt like I just kept on, like, you know, wanting to say, you know, F it and, you know, just do whatever I want to do and, you know, forget that I even have kids. But, you know, deep down the side, I, could, I couldn't live with myself, you know, without yeah. fighting for them. So... You know, that's why I, I think it's it's important to me, you know, to like be able to because I went through that and didn't know where to turn or whatever. So, yeah, it's something that's in in like my sight of, you know, something I want to do here. And maybe I'll get with different people that want to contribute or, you know, nonprofit organization. But, yeah, you know, I got to figure out how to like go about it. And, you know, but that's like the basis, you know, that's the consensus of like trying to help out, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you have the vision, you know, and time and hard work and effort, it all bring it together. But you have a vision, man. I think that's a good one. It's powerful. That's, you know, and it, uh, we're always focused on the moms, which is really important too. But we right. do got to remember the guys, you know, the dads, they're an important piece to all of that, you know. And I, sometimes I think about like my own dad and what he's done for me. I didn't appreciate half of that stuff, even when I was like 19, 20, you right. know. And, you know, like I was always butting heads with him in high school and when I got out of the house because, right. You know, he's his own man to his own home and he earned that right. You know, like I said, he was retired and stuff. And I was, you know, I was 17. So I knew everything there was to know in the world. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I was like, I ain't have nobody tell me what to do. So, but as I got older and especially now that my kids are older, my boys are older, it's like, man, dude, I can't appreciate enough, you know, the little things that him kicking my bed saying, let's get up, go cut wood. Like that's, you know, I don't do a lot of physical stuff these days as much, you know, so I I can appreciate having those experiences, knowing what it feels like to get a, a sliver under my nail, you know, or get, you yeah. know, different things like that. And it's like, you know, having that work ethic, that's where I got my work ethic too, was yeah. from my parents, you know, and be able to get up and go to work. And, and I know that it's hard for people who don't have that work ethic just to hold any kind of job. Yeah. Cause to be like, wait a minute, you know, I've worked two weeks and got my check. I still have to come back on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you got a job, keep it rolling, you know, stack them chips. You don't spend it all on don't get your check and go buy a bunch of toys. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe save some of that, you know, maybe invest some of that or, 
Um, my nephew, he's uh, he's trying to start something up with. He's got a weed or he's out weeding and. Oh, okay. And I was talking to his mom. I said, you know, you should really be telling him to like save that money and go buy maybe a chainsaw or go buy, yeah, you buy know, some buy some more yeah, equipment, right. invest in himself, develop this thing. And uh, go buy, you know, get a develop a logo, put it on a shirt, you know, it looks more professional. Kind of start to teach him how to market a little yeah. bit. And he's not too young to learn these skills. Maybe he's 22, 23. Okay. He'll have his own business, you know. Right now yeah. he's still in high school, but right. but you know you, you don't learn that overnight. You got to start to develop that stuff, right. you know. And it's 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 hard times, you know. Right now with all the COVID oh, and the Corona, you know, the, like my kids, I woke up middle of the night and it was like I'm not even joking. I was like four in the morning. I was like, you know, because I'm, I'm a light sleeper. I wake yeah. up, you know, I'm like somebody's in the house, something's going on. And I can kind of hear a conversation. Then I hear another voice. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I got up, walked out, you know, looked out, and my Half my kids were up. What the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> you know, they're all still awake. Playing one was playing video games. One's talking to someone online. They're doing all these chat. And I'm like, look, dude, I don't know what you guys, you know, like you need to go to sleep. I'm the same way. But they come to find <laughs> out, I guess they were like, no, no, all our friends are up. Everybody's up. I guess all the kids have been staying up late because they don't have school. Right. And it's gotten progressively worse where they just stay up till midnight, and the next night it's like two, and then so for like two weeks, three weeks, these guys are staying up all night. And then in the morning, I'm getting up, going to work, doing right. my thing, coming they're home, sleeping. and they're still sleeping. I'm like, no, no, you better get up. Yeah. So I had to get them outside and start, you know, slaving them out to some <laughs> some weed whacking and weed eater and stuff. But, but, you know, also, too, you know, the generation is different, technology, and, yeah. you know, there's, like, a lot more things to be entertained by, you know, like. You know, back then we had freaking rotary phones, like, you know, one phone for the whole house, and, you know, there's a phone bill to be paid, and mom was not happy, uh-huh. the phone bill came, and it was, like, super high, like, yeah. And you're having that conversation right in front of them. It's not like now they can go to the back room uh, and be chatting up with some lady yeah, or something. Yeah. You're talking to your girl, you're talking to them right in front of your parents. <laughs> I'll call right you back later. I'll talk to you tomorrow at school. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. They got all that. You know, we it's, had, like, three, four channels. Now. TV, these guys got the Netflix. I mean, I don't blame oh, yeah. them. TV should go yeah. off at like midnight, man. I remember that. It used mm-hmm. to go off at like midnight or one o'clock and it'd just be like, or that little fuzzy bar and that was it, man. You didn't have no TV. Like, oh, man. So, so how has uh, all this COVID and stuff affected business, man? Or, I mean, you're, you're your own owner, so you're essential. I mean, construction, a lot of construction is essential. And... Yeah, you know what? When it first came, you know, it was kind of like, I was like a little bit weary about what's going to happen because I had like different projects going on. Yeah. And, you know, so I wasn't sure which way was this was going to go. And, you know, I had like a, a kitchen remodel coming up and, you know, and I talked to the customer and I was just like, well, let's just see what's going to happen because I don't know what they're going to close. I don't want to start a project, be in the middle of it, and then we can't get supplies and materials because, you know, COVID shut everything down. So, you know, with the exception of one person, you know, not counseling, but postpone it. And, um, and my other client that wanted to do like a rooftop deck, you know, because she – you know, her income is like through dog boarding and, you know, mm-hmm. travel stuff and they stopped all the travel outside of that. Like business is just like totally just like took off, you know, cause like okay. people are home, people want to get their stuff fixed. You know, some people, like you said, you know, don't have the tools or, you know, mm-hmm. don't want to sit there and go buy tools just to do something. So yeah. Sometimes it's cheaper to bring someone in and have to get the tools and supplies and they mess up and I have to be, you know, it's like mechanical yeah. stuff, you know, sometimes, yeah. you know, you're make, like myself, I'm mechanically inclined, you know, and I, and I'm pretty good at figuring stuff out, you know, but I'm just like, you know what, I got to buy this tool, that tool, I'm going to use it one time. So I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to take it in a mechanic, you know, and that's the same yeah. thing for me, you know, like, 
you know, so business has actually been good, you know, and like some people want to do things cosmetically and some people actually need stuff actually fixed, you know, electrical plumbing, you know, leaks, you know, water yeah. heaters, all that stuff. So, you know, like when it rained like that one week right there, you know, it had a roof leak and, you know, cabinet came crashing down because it's been leaking for, you know, a while and the cabinet just kind of gave out, you know, it's old MDF and particle board and that stuff is not, you know, that stuff yeah, it's not made to, to last like that, all, you know, so, you know, doing roof repairs <laughs> and, you know, because, you know, the, because I know how to do a little bit of everything is like why I'm like so busy. It's like, yeah, oh, come, it's electrical one day, it's plumbing the next, you know, it's, you know, doors and this and that, you know, I just like, do people like that? You don't have a huge crew because I imagine like I wouldn't want ten people in the house right now. That's, Maybe one person. That's um, the biggest thing too yeah. because it is just me, you know, and the people's homes that I work in, you know, it's big enough for me to kind of like social distance, you know. We sit there and talk mm-hmm. and stare space, and then they just let me go to work, and you know, if we need to sit there and talk something, and even you know payments and stuff like that. If I need to give them receipts, you know, I just file them electronically. They pay me electronically, you know, so it's. That's where it's all going, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I trip out on that sometimes. I Venmo my lady yeah, money or PayPal. PayPal. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just interesting how you could just transfer money like that. And it's real convenient, <laughs> it's cool, though. though. It, it is. is. It's cool. Hey, you trip to the bank yeah. and, you know, all this exposure, you know, depends how, like, paranoid you are about it. But, you know, as far as, like, you know, business goes, uh, supplies and stuff like that has become a little bit more of a challenge, you know, because yeah. it's like a line to get into. The supplier like home depot and then a line to get out so yeah it's like it takes more time to you know kind of you know maneuver a little bit i went in there for like two things the other day and it was like i waited like 45 minutes to get in and then it's like do i really need this but i really did i was just like yeah so then i went and had to buy like 10 other things so i'm like i don't want to, have to come back right. you know yeah that's so a, that's a little rough. bit of a challenge as far as like the covid but as far as like uh it affected my business and stuff like that you know it really hasn't you know it's like boom you know i got all these projects and you know and because I do a lot of my own work like that, it's I always get referrals, you know, it's like, and the people that I work for are all like detailed people. They care about the details, yeah. you know, so it's like, oh, hey, you know, this, this guy, you know, he did, totally did them like this. And so that's how I get referred, you know, oh, all cool. the time, you know, so I'll get like one referral every weekend. It's for jobs that are like larger than, you know, I want to handle, but I always say, yeah, and try to make it work or happen somehow one way or the other. Yeah. I feel like too, people had, you know, like, I don't know that anybody knew that stimulus money was coming, you know? So like, if you, if you had a household, you know, you may have gotten two, three, four grand, you know, out of nowhere. So I imagine they're probably like, cause I, I know when all this stuff started going down with the coronavirus and everything, my, 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 my instincts were like, all right, we need to stock up on, you know, on the food that if anything gets hard, we can survive. Yeah. Let's get the beans and the rice, the flour, the food, let's get yeah. the canned foods, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And we did, we went and made a, took my check and, you know, I didn't even pay bills that month. I just went, you know, make sure we stocked up. Cause I didn't know where it was going to yeah, go. I saw, I saw your wife. Like, you know, there she was down there doing all the stuff, you know, and it was like, we, you know, we did get our toilet paper and our, our paper goods, all that just, Costco. you know, I was in there <laughs> hoarding it or nothing, but we were, yeah, we were down getting our stuff, you know, which was good because, we have a lot of family and it's like, if somebody goes without, we want to be able to help them out. And I got elderly parents. I went got a bunch of water, you know, I just, I got stocked up, you know, because I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And and then, so when that, the, that stimulus money came, I was kind of like, Oh wow, I can pay all my bills and be good, you know, and and look kind of shiny, you know? Yeah. And I imagine a lot of people, I didn't think that we were going to get money like that. I didn't think that one bit. And so I'm sure a lot of people probably are in the same boat where they were like, whoa, there's an extra 
Maybe we can't fix the roof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can't fix the. Well, the also the people that I do work for are like you know are established people. They're either retired or have multiple businesses. Oh, okay. That are working from home, so like there's some people that really they weren't even affected. Uh, yeah. even, all, all they're doing is working. You know, went from the office to working at home, so their yeah. income is still the same. You know, like everything's still the same for them except for you know the new social norm out there in, in public. You know, outside of that, it's like hey. You know, how do you feel about this virus? Are you still working? You feel comfortable working or whatever? It's like, as long as, you know, wear a mask, you wear a mask. And, you know, we do our distancing, yeah. you know, just, you know, and it's not really that I'm paranoid or whatever, but just the, for the safety, you know, for the fellow person next to me, you know, I just yeah. want to, like, you know, I don't know how serious it can be, you know, but I don't want to find out. You know, yeah. So I'll take my precaution. And, or worst off, give it to somebody around right, you. You know, that's right. the worst. I think. Right. I was thinking about that. If I catch it, I don't know if I care. I'm like, you know, if I, I mean, I'm, I've heard it could be terrible. Right. But whatever. But I would just hate to see people around me catch it right. and be like, oh, I gave that to them. That's like the worst. But you know, I'm like, I'm kind of a germ, a germaphobe, anyways. Yeah. You know, I, I've always washed my hands. I've always kind of like, you know, on the West Coast, I've been, you know, saying like, we keep social bubble out here, anyways. Right. I went to New York like when I was like 15 oh, and uh, to go sing and stuff. And I didn't like it when I was that time because, you know, I was, I was 15, I was whatever. But people kept bumping into yeah. me. And I was like, what? What? You know, we, <laughs> I thought we were going to scrap. We got problems. What's up? What's up? Hey. But uh, no, I kind of did think that way because that's what happens out here. Someone bumps you. It's like, you know, we got a problem. Yeah. But then then I kind of realized like, oh, everyone just, bumped, you know, everyone bumps, you know, got something, got cussing. Hey, get the right. hell out of the way. Yeah. Home can It's so no, it's just like, whoa. I kind of didn't like it. I was like, this is crazy. It's not chill, man. Nothing was chill. So next time I went out after, uh, I went out like right after 9-11. And uh, anyways, I was out there and that was real quiet. The city was real quiet. The demeanor was all different. I was oh, like, well, man. this is a trip. Um, and anyways, I went out again a third time and. I really liked it because it was kind of like what the city is and I knew what to expect. Right. And, and I just got like, they talk real close to each other and, you know, so when this thing hit, first thing I thought was like, man, New York's going to have, have a rough time. Maybe, yeah. you know, some of these cities that they're, they don't have right. that social bubble right. and the West coast, man, we don't talk all up on each other. We yeah. give each other distance, especially on the res, you know, we're not, yeah. we kind of give each other our distance and, you know, if you wash your hands and everything, I just kind of felt like we went hit as hard out this way. Right. Not, not in East County anyways, not right. our area. Again, we have the big social bubbles, man. Yeah, everything's all spread out you know, for the most part. Do you worry about all of this? Everything going on right now? Is it is it worrisome to you, or are you just? Uh, uh, I I don't really know how. Like you know what I what I worry about is society itself, you know, and how it's gonna hurt, like how it's gonna affect the economy, how people are not gonna bounce back. What mm -hmm. I think about is like, you know, the everybody getting back. You know, like people are going to lose their houses, people are going to lose their businesses, people are going to, you know, become homeless. You know, there's going to be a spike in, like, you know, probably alcoholism, you know, drug yeah. addiction, you know, people are going to, like, probably, you know, different kind of abuses, you know, there's all kinds of things across the board, you know, that if you really think about it, it's, it's really scary, you know, and, it, and that's what I worry about is just like, you know, people out there, good people, you know, losing you know part of you know life used to be normal you know just a couple months ago now like everybody's world is upside down you know people are like having to go to food banks that never had to before you yeah. know and like you know worry about where their next meal is going to come from and that's sad that's you know i had you know that's i don't know like that's scary you know it is yeah. you know some a lot of us indians have been through you know with the commods and all that kind of stuff and 
you know, it's kind of like we're almost prepped for some of this, but even, I mean, no one's really ready for this kind of change, of course, you know, right. especially if you haven't been living like this for a minute, you know, I worry about stuff. I worry about society too. Things like, uh, kind of abstract things, I guess, like, you know, the idea that when you walk out, you just see someone's eyes, you know, yeah. one thing I noticed today is, is that I, uh, I naturally have this when I see people, I kind of smile like, Hey, you know, or yeah, like yeah. I, I smile at old people and stuff. So they know that yeah. I'm not an aggressor. It's kind of like, it's just my natural, right. you know, I tend to smile at people. And I caught myself smiling at people today, but have a mask. No one could see me. I was just like, and I was like, why am I smiling at this dude? But I'm not going to stop smiling because that's just what I do. You know what I mean? Well, because you know, my you dude, can tell you know, people are smiling because like, I, I kind of saw the same thing. Some lady, you know, in Home Depot, and I could tell that she smiled, you know, because the eyes changed a little oh, bit. Okay. Kind of squint. I'm just like, oh, okay. She kind of smiled, but, you know, probably yeah. like she'll think like, why am I smiling? People can't yeah. tell. But you could tell a little bit because their eyes yeah. change a little bit. I do it as a natural yeah. reflex. I'm like, hey, you know, unless I'm angry, then I get the angry eyes, but. <laughs> But it's like everything's in the eyes right now. And it just, right. it's like a part of our humanity is being taken. Like when you approach someone, you look at someone face to face and you have like that exchange, you know, it's just a trip. Um, I don't know. And the other part of it too is kind of like, you know, when you're single and all the guys used to be like, oh, baby, I love your eyes. You know, it's like yeah. everybody who's got beautiful eyes, I guess, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, what's weird about it too now is not, not only that, it's, it's like, now everybody's walking around all like scared of each other. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And stuff like, cause I, cause like I still work in it. A lot, <laughs> yeah, times, a lot of times I got to go yeah. to my truck and get, you know, different tools or equipment or whatever. So like I have to open it up and I'm usually parked in the street, you know, very rare that I'm parked in someone's driveway, but I'm parked off the street. And, you know, a lot of people are taking the streets these days out yeah. exercising, walking their dog, whatever, family. So it's like weird. I'm like doing my thing and I got my mask on and then, you know, people come in and they see me and I'm like trying to hurry up and get my stuff and get out of the sidewalk. But <laughs> people like they just walk all the way around. It's like, I got cooties or you got cooties. You know, like, like, totally avoiding each other. Yeah. It's like, so weird, you know, when, you know, it never used to be like that. So that's one thing that I'm still trying to like, you know. You know, and it's not like they're looking at me because I'm like brown or whatever. It's just might be. No, I don't know. The old me used to be. Oh, I see what it is. Well, I wonder, like, if people doing that because they're genuinely, genuinely scared, or is it they don't want to like put themselves in your bubble to offend you? I think I think it's both. Right? Okay. Both. You know, people like you know. Like for myself, I'm doing it for the other people as yeah. a precaution, you know, so they might be doing it as the same thing for me or to protect themselves or, you know, protect me, whatever, you know. So, yeah. So like, I, I don't want to pass judgment, you know, so. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too, because you know, I, I kind of got to, I don't want to say offended, but I was just kind of like, ah, these guys, and then I had to think about it, like, I don't want to cast judgment because I don't know if they're doing that to be like, I'm trying to support you in your social isolation right. or they just be like, get away from me, you're dirty, you know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I care, Matt, either way. But I do know this. There's a lot of people losing their shit out there, dude. I was at the at the Albertsons in Alpine, oh, and uh, and I was in there just checking my stuff. And everyone's, you know, at that that particular Albertsons, everyone's in line six feet away. You got people with masks, gloves, the right whole thing. Up, like right everyone's, yeah, they're all about it, you know, which is good. I feel safe and you know whatever in there, I guess. But this is before they put the order that you had to have it. Oh. This was a couple weeks ago, and there was a lady in there. And she was flipping out. I want to talk to the manager. There's a lady over there in aisle, whatever. She don't have her mask on. I told her to put it on. She told me she was going to wear a mask. And you guys need to kick her out of the store. She shouldn't be here. She was like, she wasn't talking like like in a civil manner. Like, man, there's a lady that she was like yelling. Wow. And she was kind of heavy set. And she, you could just see she's getting worked up. And she was breathing hard. And I looked, I was like, what the heck? 
And so the manager comes over and, and then she starts chewing the manager out and she's like, oh, ma'am, you know, you know, calm down. What's yeah. going on? They're trying to be kind of calm right. the lady, but yeah, and then the lady, yeah, the lady was just giving it to her. And you can see the manager's getting kind of pissed. And I don't know, man, I was just like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like I get, I get that she's nervous and concerned, but why would you go and yell at a bunch of man, you know, at a bunch of employees? It's not their fault. That lady don't have masks. First right. off, at that point, it wasn't the rules. You know, like you didn't have to. It was kind of common courtesy right. that you do or whatever, you know. And hey, some people don't want to wear a mask. Don't go buy them, I guess, or whatever. But it was just like, holy crap, dude, people are losing their crap. And you well, see that around, well, man. You start to see it a lot more now because yeah. now it's mandated to wear a mask. Yeah. And, you know, some people, you know, are like total anti, you know, government shutdown and all this other stuff. And so, you know, it brings a lot of problems, you know, because it's we're so divided now, you know, and it starts from the top down politically, whether you think about it like that or not. But it really does, you know, and like we can't even agree to sit there and be on one side and try to figure this out and get through it together, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, you know, I don't care, you know, this is things all fake and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, you know, well. You know, and then you get the other people like, hey, you know, we're going to be cautious, you know, because we respect people. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I always going to have that class right there. So you're starting to see more of that now out in public where people are not wearing their masks. It's like, hey, what the hell are you doing? That debate's a whole huge, a weird thing to me because it's like, you know, you, you do see like, okay, the numbers are not accurate. We know that. Everybody right. knows that the numbers right. aren't accurate. They, met, they kind of dropped the ball in the beginning. Yeah. They incentivized hospitals to, to tag people who passed away as having COVID. Because they get paid more for those people than right. if they died for something else. So there's all of these, you know, situations. I'm sure that later on, when we look right. at the numbers, they'll be greatly altered. Okay, right. I get that. But you can't dismiss like New York and all those people right. dying. You can't dismiss for us natives, the Navajo Nation right now is getting racked. You know, up and down the Colorado right. River, they're on they're on uh, quarantine or um, what do they call it curfew. You know, because they got a bunch of cases. It's, it's hitting Indian country, right. and it potentially could hit us very very um, harshly. Because we do have a lot of people with high risk, you know, yeah. and, 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 and the argument's been made also that elders, like, if an outside elder loses, it's sad. A loss of life is always sad. Right. But our elders, they're the ones still holding on to our language and our, yeah. a lot of our things that are, so you lose one of our elders, it has such a huge impact on our society so that it's like we should be really, really protective and skeptical and all of these kinds of stuff. And, and so, like, there's all of these mixed messages in my mind that I hear and see, it's just like, man, this is crazy times. Yeah. And and it's it's I really wish that from the get go we would have attacked this like a World War Two or one type of mentality where you know our president or our leaders would have just said you know we don't know what this is here's what we're gonna do here's the timeline you know and instead it seemed like towards the end somewhere there it seemed like everybody was on board right and then at some point it was kind of like well some states are gonna open some aren't some people think this some you know and the president came out and was like well. Those people protesting, they're all good people. I've never seen so many American right. flags. And then it seemed like the next day, if you were a Trump supporter, you were in, for, in favor of opening. But same right. time, that's not a it's not a clear cut thing that if right. you you know, but there definitely is a, a more of a division. And it's like this nation did not need more division. Totally divided. It is like so divided <laughs> in everything you do. You know, it's well, blue red. Time. It's open close. It's whatever. Well, I, I feel like you know, um, you know, the government is not doing enough for the people because if the government was, you know, you wouldn't have all these people trying to anti or protest these like lockdown orders or whatever. If the government was helping enough 
the people enough and just like giving them food vouchers and maybe making the banks like suspend mortgage payments, yeah. all the payments and giving them a stimulus check to provide for just food, then, you know, you wouldn't have people up in arms right there. So I understand why people are getting all crazy and wanting to go back to work and willing to risk their life to, you yeah. know, put food on the table. I totally get that, you know, and, but another part of the protest, you know, I understand that like all the, you know, firearms and all that stuff. Like, Oh man, did you see that? that? You know, darn well, if you and I would have showed up with our guns there, they would, we'd be in jail or shot. That's, that's the great, oh man, that's, 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 that's America we live in, you know? I mean, natives everywhere, like instant, I swear that I saw the image of the news of that happening and I went, what in the, and then I swear I looked at my social feeds on all the stuff and it took Indians like two minutes to meme it. You know what I mean? To have all the images of Standing Rock. And all these people in prayer sitting there on their land fighting for water, and then you have militarized police force coming in, you know, white swan, everybody coming in, right. and and I know guys that were arrested twenty times just standing there like that. Right. And then you have these dudes in the Capitol building. Right. You have you have the the politicians walking in with with bulletproof vests on right. because they're afraid they're going to get shot, and these guys are in the. In the Capitol building with with rifles, and the police are like, "Oh well, you know." You got them yelling in the police officer's face. These images, it was like, "Oh my God, so much inequity and equality." It, it, it is, and it's it's like so contradictive, you know, about yeah. like the freedom of speech. You know, it's like you are free, and like the whole uh, pro life, and you know, the abortion stuff, my body, my choice, and then you know, you got so so it's like it's totally contradictive. Yeah, you know, the same people that like. You know, my freedom for, you know, my Second Amendment, freedom of speech, and then I totally, like, my body, my choice, but you're against abortions. Like, when the people abortion say, sit there and say that you're against it, but you're okay with yeah. it, like, for wanting to go back to work or because you need a haircut or your nails done or whatever. So it's just... Yeah, and it's, it's across crazy. the board. The yeah. contradictions are gnarly. You see all the yeah. people... There's, like, a whole population of people that are, like, anti-gun, but when this happened, they were in line to go try to get a firearm because yeah. they got scared, you know? And it, it, the the contradictions are all over the place with all, all of this over. stuff. Yeah. The the people that are, you know, Blue Lives Matter, you yeah. know, All Lives Matter, they're the main ones that were there talking <laughs> about the, you know, yelling at the police, disrespecting the law enforcement. You know, the people that when they, you know, when, it, when a young person or a, a person of color is shot by the police, you know, yeah. and you see the video, you always hear these people chiming in with, well, where's the... We don't know what led to that event, you know. Right. We don't know what happened. Why are they doing that? You need respect. If if they weren't, uh, if they were behaving themselves, if they didn't right. break the law, they wouldn't be in that situation. It, but right. those are the same people that are out there saying, "I'm not following this law, this order." Gavin, right. you know, the, uh, here in California, it's like Newsom's. A, he's a Nazi, you know, and so right. totally against the law, breaking the law, right. you know, and outward about it, like you know, the Constitution and and. But again, those are the same people who say, um, "Well." We better look into these police, you know, brutalities. We don't know why that cop blasted that dude five times in the back, you know. Right. And it's like, how are you? It's so contradictory, you so, know. So and much of it. You know, it's yeah. whatever fits their own little, you know, scenario. And it's right now, it's really come to a head with this. I feel like, but it's it's been a thing, you know. It's been with immigration. It's been with just a lot of stuff, you well, know, the border every, wall. It's everything now. Oh, it's know? everything. I mean, what's your shirt say? No one's illegal on stolen land. Yeah. I like that, by the way. It's really. Yeah. But I mean, that speaks to a lot of it because as Indians are sitting back watching all this stuff going like, we've experienced this the last 150 years solid. Right. You know, we've everything that's happening 
to society now that people gripe about we've already experienced you know right and and we're the original people of this lands and it's like i don't want to say it's comical because it's not funny but it kind of is sometimes you know you sit back and see these people flipping out and wigging out it is, and it is. it's like, who are you to get all crazy about immigration when your right. your grandparents came from somewhere else? You know, this is craziness. Yeah, it is. You know, it's a little frustrating too because you know, like some people don't want to look at history. You know, when it, you know, because those are the facts. You know, and mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, you like you're being ignorant to the fact. You know. Yeah. You know, and you want to sit there and put up this argument, you know, about immigration, and you know, and. You know, immigration and the people that come here and work, whether it's illegally or legally or whatever, you know, your site is whatever, like those people that work, you know, are the ones that have turned, you know, the country to what it is because they're the ones out there yeah. working the jobs that other people don't want to work. Yeah. You know, you sit there and take in our jobs or whatever. I don't see, I don't think I've ever seen like a Caucasian person out there picking yeah. the, the fields, you know, like you see the Hispanic yeah. workers or immigrant workers out there doing so. You know, it's just, it's just more BS, you know, I think, just from all that standpoint, you know? Yeah. It's terrible when you hear, like, a, a European-American, as I call them. Because, you know, if, if, if you're, like, African-American, Asian-American, but yeah. if you're Caucasian or white, they're just, oh, I'm just an American. It's like, no, 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 you're you're European-American, bro. Let's not get it twisted. That's what you are. Yeah. You're not Native American. You're European-American. I'm, I'm, I'm indigenous. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, right. nah, you're European-American. But it's like, uh, you know, the like, well, not even just that group, but every group right now is just like really set like on on, uh, like if you're pro Trump, oh man, anything he says does, oh you you know it's fine, oh you, you know the media is just twisting his words. He never said to drink Lysol, or, and if you hate Trump, you know like it's the same thing too. It's just right. like no matter what he says, he can't do can't do anything right, you know. Right. And it's like. And so you almost find yourself being like anti-American or something. You're just bashing on anything that the nation does. And it's just crazy times because there's not enough real like, let's just sit back and look at all the facts or right. let's look at everything rationally and make our own decision. And instead, everyone's just kind of like throwing themselves onto teams. Yeah. And it's it's terrible because it's, um, it's, I think it's misguided, man. Yeah. I think people are going to wind up with some mental health issues just going down those those trails of, you know, of um, ignorance instead of just really looking at stuff. Well, this is definitely trying times, you know, because, you know, people don't have a whole lot going on right now. You know, a lot of people are watching the media and the news and stuff like that. So, you know, depending on what your sources and what your beliefs are, you know, you're just going to suck that up because you got nothing to occupy your time. And, you know, the racism has always been around as, as we're kids, you know, it's just something that's always yeah. been here since beginning of time. And I remember, you know, it being like that as a kid, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad till like it is now, you know, and that yeah. racism, it just seems like it's just rubbing off on people that are like, don't mm -hmm. even live like that. You know, sometimes I find myself guilty of it. it's like, man, you know what? I need to stop being that way. But it's like kind of hard because it's like we've become divided, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, you get pissed. And yeah, I mean, I've had people say <laughs> things to me and uh, thinking I'm, you know, not knowing I'm native and, and I've, man, that'll piss me off, you know, and I'll, I'll come back and, yeah, like, I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have said some of that stuff. So it kind of comes off racist, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be racist or reverse right. racist, but it's like, <laughs> sometimes you just got to speak some hard truths, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I, I do that sometimes on my social media, which, you know, I have to kind of catch myself and go, ah, oh, I better ease up on that. Because, you know, I, I do have a lot of um, European-American friends, people right. of all religious, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. religions and races and creeds or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, there are some times you have to kind of just call it for what it is, you know? Right. Like, uh 
I don't know. You just have to just, it's just the facts. It's the truth. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I like the immigration one, I think is the most glaring one for us. Cause it's like, how are all these people who just got here a couple of generations ago going to pretend everybody else are these people who are indigenous to this continent are right. illegal for stepping two, you know, two steps to the left or right, you know? Right. And it's, uh, the people have been here for thousands of years. It's, it's, it's all craziness to me though. Well, what's weird, weird too, too, about like the immigration stuff like that, it's, uh, you see some of the generation gaps too. It's just like, okay, your family probably came to this country maybe two, two uh, generations ago. So that's why you're a citizen or whatever. So this people coming over here are only coming over here for what your family did two generations ago. So yeah. why are they so different? Because of the time capsules a little bit off? Like, you know, like, why why, why are you a little bit more privileged because yeah. you were born here and they're coming over here to do the same thing your family did? You know, I just don't understand, like, where the, you know, there's no empathy or, you know, sympathy for people, you know. And then the rationale to throw those people in a cage, you know, and yeah. the kids and all that, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. You know, I think our grandkids are going to look back at this time in history and just be like, Man, those some messed up times, you know. Yeah. They're doing all these crazy atrocities to people, and at the same time, it's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be around doing things because, you know, we have a high standard of living. You know, a lot of us are not having to deal with the BS that our grandparents had to deal with, right? And whatnot. But you know, it's like these. I don't know. It's 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 pretty brutal, you know. How <laughs> it's different times yeah. right now. It is, you know. I never thought I'd see this in my life. You know, the pandemic and just all the craziness because there's a lot of crazy going on out there. And the more that we go down that way, you're going to see more of it, you know, because people are like panicking and, you know, and we're not uniting anytime soon. No. Not, not with this going on, maybe after yeah. the election or whatever, maybe, you know, if there's a change in command or whatever, but, you know, there might be even anarchy to that too, because there's so many people that follow that side yeah. and that like are willing and wanting to revolt and all kinds of nut jobs out there, you know, it's like... The one good thing, though, I don't know if you ever watched the press conferences. I really love to. Uh, I've really gotten into watching the press conferences. <laughs> this is for, terrible for entertainment. <laughs> for entertainment, yeah, <laughs> not for information, yeah. because those guys, <laughs> those guys go at at Trump, or you know, to me, honestly, the questions aren't that bad. But yeah, yeah, he yeah, go, he just goes at him, and now he's got that new press secretary, and oh, yeah. uh, she's real attractive and everything. Lay but dude, like she's quick. She has all these things written down. She's got a binder of BS, just as. You know, and she'll give it right back. She'll say, oh, and then on this date, the Washington Post said this, which was wrong. And then she's just like, man, yeah, she just had a couple of days where she just drilled them. And then she, like she'll she has like always something really strong. Right. And she'll finish off of that like a knockoff Homer. And then she just walks out. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Just walks out. Yeah. You know, you just know that 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 media core must just be they must just hate her, man. Yeah. It's it's real comical. Though. It's entertaining, entertaining yeah. to watch. You know, <laughs> Trump's good at it. And she's just great at it. I'm like, wow. I'm kind of like rooting for her now. Like she's got him. <laughs> it's kind of like when uh, that Ken Jennings was winning on Jeopardy and he couldn't lose. That's yeah. how I feel like that girl is. I'm like, man, she can't lose, man. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it, she's arguing with some craziness, dude. Like yeah. Trump's made some big mistakes, you know? I mean, I'm not saying everything he's done is wrong, but some of the things he says is just ridiculous and they're calling him on it. Yeah. But according to her, <laughs> yeah. it's a whole different story, man. But it's so entertaining to hear that because you just wouldn't think that in a situation like now you would have leadership arguing with the media right like you know it's like we're we probably need some real info right now you know like people's lives are on the line but no we're just gonna argue with the media for everybody and make yeah. it comical that's <laughs> <laughs> crazy disaster, man. Just like, uh, you know it's uh, good for a laugh sometimes <laughs> yeah man but i think everything's gonna work i'm an optimist you know i yeah, think things will work out i think our people have been through a lot i think a lot of uh 
I think just America's been through a lot, you know. I don't know where the world's going. I feel like it's not going to be uh, what it is now is not what it's going to be in twenty years, obviously. And it's yeah. And who knows? But um, you know, I'm a parent. I got grandkids coming one day, and I hope they have a good world to come to. You know, stay op- optimistic and try to build good cycles, man. Build, uh, you know, I'm really on this like trying to create generational wealth and build generational wealth. You know, I've I've been talking to a lot of people about this, but my thought process is. You know, three, four, five generations ago, our people had generational wealth, but it was in the knowledge of the plants and the knowledge of the land and, you know, how to how to take care of each other and right. the wisdom and all these different things. And that was a wealth. And I think that was taken away when the boarding schools came and the movements of people came in and that, that you know, four or five decades of just extreme poverty came. It was hard for our people to, to make it, you know, and right. I think a lot of that kind of went away. But same time, you know, it remained. Yeah, that's I mean, why we're still here. You know, I, mean, I started regaining traction, whatever, because yeah, I started doing like the village and yeah, like, a little bit yeah. more like that, the gallery and stuff like that. And you know what? Uh, you see a lot of the younger generation involved in that too. So that's like really good to sit there and see and like picking up the songs and learning yeah. about that. Like a trip out, you know, some of the you know our kids are you know like sit there and be like, oh, whose kid is that? Like out there. And, <laughs> you all know their parents. Yeah, yeah. That's how you know you're old, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's that kid? Like, oh, who's the parents? Oh, oh man. yeah, man. Your dad, hey. <laughs> like, oh. hey. yeah, <laughs> have no idea of my stories. It's true, though, man. But I, you know, there's a lot in that. So, you develop your community like that, you develop programs, whatever it is. And I think that as a community, we're doing that, we're, we're strengthening ourselves. And then the next generation is going to feel the benefit of that. It's like an yeah. investment. And I think as an individual, I want to, you know, people think of generational wealth, it's it's yeah, it's it's money. Yeah. But it's not just having a savings account with money. It's it's usually not that. It's usually having, like stocks. You know, having interest right. in that. Um, but I I really think it's a big part of it is is having real estate, having homes right. that you can send down the way to your kids and grandkids, um, because they can use that as collateral to take out a loan to build their business if they want right. to do that. Um, that real estate becomes worth something. They have somewhere to live. Right. You know, and so creating that generational wealth, something to give to your kids. And I think a big part of that generational wealth is the knowledge and the confidence that, hey, you can go out and do something for yourself. You can build yourself. You can go and learn and create a, a trade for yourself or own a business. Right. And uh, here's how you're supposed to manage these kind of monies. And and here's what you shouldn't do. And here's how to stay away from those pitfalls. Right. And it's like all of that learning, you know, our generation, probably generation before us and the one after us is like, really hunkering that down because and I really think our generation because you know um you know we, we we come from like roots that are very old where they were doing those older things they didn't have the economy that we have today right. and we're the ones trying to build that so our kids you know if they have a chunk of money we can kind of show them how to right. spend that invest money in a good it. way invest right. it if they're having hardships we can tell them like a good d- direction to go to um you know, and, and not just spout out what we're supposed to say. Because I'm telling you, a lot of parents are just like, oh, go to college because they don't know what else to say. Yeah. You want to tell your kids something positive, you know, go do something. Go, don't be like me. Hey, yeah. that's a lot of parents say, go go to college. But it's like, is that a good message? I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe not. But I think it's not the only, it's probably right. a good message, but it's not the only message. Right. And so the more I can learn, the more I can help my kids. And so what that is, is again, some of that wealth of knowledge that I'm, I'm creating tapping into and giving to my kids and they can tell my grandkids more things than I can even tell them. Right. And then we're just building ourselves up. And that's again, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and then of course, economically, you right. know? And so it takes, 
you know, it takes, it's going to take us as a people to, to go into the different trades. Yeah. Right. I want, I want, I would love to see all my kids do something a little different from each other. And, right. And if one's a mechanic, cool. I'll take my car over there. If one owns a dealership, I'll go buy my car over there. And Well, it's you also know. too, you know, uh, going back to what you're saying, you know, like leadership earlier, you know, it's like, I think it starts with that, you know, you're a dad to your kids and, you know, they know that you went to college and, you know, you had a career in teaching and stuff like that. So, you know, when you sit there and you tell them that it's not like you're just like pulling out of thin air because you didn't do something with yourself because, yeah. you know, you can sit there and speak from experience, you know, when I look at some of these other guys, they could, you know, sit there and talk down, you know, to their kids about that too, you know, like myself, you know, like even though it took me a while to get where I'm at and I'm still, you know, trying to get further, you know, that this is just a stepping stone. I can share, you know, with my kids, you know, and, you know, who I spend a lot of time with is my youngest daughter, you know, because she's still under 18. So we should go back and forth. But it's like, hey, you know, like this is what you should do with your life. Find something that, you know, you're going to enjoy doing, something that's going to be worthwhile for you. Find your thing, you know, it's like, you know, if it's it's me that motivates you, let me be your motivation, you know, it's like, because it took me a while to get where I'm at, you know, and mm-hmm. they might not get the first time around, you know, but, you know, stay persistent, you know, just continue to keep on grinding, you know, know that you're, you're doing it for a purpose and not just spinning your wheels, you know, to end up nowhere, like know that there's a goal in sight, you know, even if you fall off track a couple of times, you know, just know that, you know, you want to get there, just keep on, you know, keep on trying, you know, I always like try to encourage that to like my daughter, you know. Yeah. And I tell her, you know, and I have to look at myself as as an example, you know, because, you know, where I was at like four or five years ago, I was just barely walking out of those steel bar cages down in, you know, um, Otai or whatever. And then here I am now, you know, but it didn't start then either, though. It's been something that I've been progressing towards, you know. So, you know, that's something that, you know, I, you know, try to just, you know, tell my, you know, my daughter, my kids, you know, just stay persistent, you know, stay goal oriented. You know, it's a beautiful message, man. And I think that's uh, that's all we can we can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Try to build ourselves and tell our kids a good message. Well, man, I want to thank you for coming in, man. We're gonna have to call it. It's been a couple hours. All right. But uh, no, you have to come back again sometime and and uh, tell us more about your business and stuff like that. I want people to really like hear that. You know that our own people doing these kinds of things, owning a, you know being in ownership positions to you know build themselves up and you know we don't come from necessarily roots where our parents could give us a business we have to develop it ourselves that's right. why i mean like we're that generation yeah and so we want to be able to give our kids something so we got to do that but it's gonna it's gonna take you know people like yourself to do it show others that it can be done right and that you know you don't have to again be given it you can develop that and it's not always easy of course. and um and again the main goal is to try to not about ourselves but help our kids our community and give back so thanks for coming in man yeah, sharing all that it. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, live from the Riz. Boom. All right. Right on, man.